Sweet. All right, welcome back to another episode of Beer, Bacon, and Bros. As always, I'm Alex. I've got Chris. I've got Adam. We've got beers to drink. We've got sports to talk about, and we're just going to roll through this. Uh, Second episode on YouTube, or, well, multiple videos, but second major episode. Excited. Good things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. If you're not subscribed, make sure you uh, come on over and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube. Spread the word. Let people know. We'll give you uh, some free stuff. If you go subscribe still, we're still doing that. Yeah. So uh, let us know. We'll give you some stickers, some koozies, all kinds of good stuff. Yep. Yeah, we'll beer, beer, bacon, blows on YouTube. Find us, subscribe, like Chris was saying. Yeah, we'll mail it directly to you as well. We were just going to do the first 25, but we got uh, we got more. So we're going all the way to 50. So the next 25, you guys can uh, get your koozie and sticker mail directly to you. You just got to let us know you subscribe. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to – this episode, we're just going to do two beer reviews. We're going to run through the NFL draft. We've created a mock, mock draft of our a own. mock draft of the mock drafts. Yeah, mock <laughs> exactly. draft of mock drafts, essentially how we did it. Um, but it's probably going to take a while, so it's probably going to be one of the major, if not probably only topic. We'll probably throw some other things in at the end. Um, but that's what, we're, I guess, that's what we've got planned for tonight. Yep. Um, so let's go ahead and just yeah. jump right in here. So the first beer we have is, again, from Dissolve, Dissolver Brewery. Uh, was it the last episode? I, I believe we had a. I don't think it, it was the last, the last episode. episode. It was the it was one, the one before, before YouTube. That. Yeah, because okay. it had the alien head in and everything in it. Yep. yep. Yeah. So we just we recently have done uh, another dissolver, buoy beer, and it was the Kolsch. This one is the Hell's Lager, Never Ending Sky. Again, has an alien head on it. Kind of trippy colors. Got the same uh, Illuminati. Uh, all C and I pyramid yeah. going on. So there's definitely a theme with their uh, with their can designs. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and if you uh, if you are watching us on YouTube and you want to see what some of our former beers look like, you want to check out the cans. You can find us on Instagram beer underscore bacon underscore bros. Uh, make sure you follow us on there as well, uh, and you can see a lot of our stuff from a lot of the episodes before we've transitioned to YouTube. So it is a five point four percent. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Again, it's out of Asheville, North Carolina. On Lexington Avenue, you know exactly where it's at. Or no, it's, on the can. It's oh, okay. On the, I was like, "Let's sit on the can." Dang, okay. Adam, Adam been doing some personal research up in the Asheville area, so it's just forty-seven breweries up there. I know Asheville. <laughs> you know, uh, we've had the conversation before about it. I feel like Asheville is the brewery capital of the world, but apparently, at least of the United States, I would say. Apparently, it's not. Apparently, Chicago is, but we'll get into that later. Is it of the United States or, or the world? Yeah, that's for another episode. That's for the United States. So Chicago is number uh, one. Yeah, is it per, per, it's poker? per capita? Okay. So um, they have the most breweries per capita, apparently. But Asheville's at least got the best breweries per capita. Uh, a little free marketing there for our city of Asheville. But um, what kind of beer is this one? It's a it's Hell's a, Lager. Hell's, Hell's Lager. Lager. Yeah. Um, it doesn't blow me away. It really, you know what it tastes like? A Kona Big Wave. Like in all honesty, Ooh, I'm not sure that's a good thing. I, I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's it's eh. yeah. Yeah, take another sip and pass it on down. It's eh. T- tastes better than a Kona Big Wave, but not a whole lot better. So that's what I'm saying. It's eh. It's a. Uh, it's yeah. It's not. It's not the. If you're a lager fan, this seems to be a rather easy drinker, a rather smooth drinker. I, I, the, I think the Kolsch was definitely better. The Kolsch is definitely better, and we didn't even rate the Kolsch technically that high, but this is not IPA. 
not sour, not flavorful. Do you have any of that left? Any of this? Yeah. yeah you take a sip if you want. Uh, I'm going to compare this because. Oh. Yeah, that's. It's similar. That's very similar. <laughs> so I'm I'm sipping on a Kona Brewing Company. Um, this has a little bit more like citrus wave. come through, I think. Yeah. This has a little bit more fruity come through. Yeah, it's a it's a big wave. The Golden Ale. Yeah, from Kona Brewing. So um, it's a very drinkable beer, though. I like it. We'll rate one of those next time around. Yeah. But I like this. This is a. I feel like you could go. You go a while yeah. drinking one of these. Yeah, it's not going to just yeah, knock you gonna, on your ass. Yeah, but still, it's not. I don't know. It's not great, but it's not bad either. It's a it's an average beer. Um, it really is actually like like Alex said. It's something that you know. Sometimes when you get into craft beers, you can only have like two or three of them before you have to change it up or you have to go to a lighter beer or something like that. This is something that you could sit and drink all day if you want. I wanted. mean, you well, could drink not one of these day. and be like, "Wow, this is you know." I didn't even taste that, but but if you're sitting at the buoy for a while and you want something, you can just drink multiples of. This is one of them. Yeah. But still, um, from the Kolsch, I gave it a 7.3. This is like a yeah, 6.9. Six, 6.9? Nine. Six, nine? Yeah. Okay. So let me make sure I go ahead and, and take our notes. I don't know how to put the alien triangle in the uh, dissolver. And if we didn't mention it, we which probably did the, it on last time. Which one was the Kolsch that you're talking about? The dissolver Kolsch. You gave it a 7.1. Damn, I was gonna put this one at seven five, and I think I'm gonna stick with it then. Yeah, this is a little bit better than the cold. I like this one just because of how easy it is to drink. Um, seven point five. You said six nine for you, yeah. Adam. Okay. You could like you could easily get a six pack of that and drink the whole six pack and not feel be a mess, afterwards. you know, and not feel terrible. You not feel like you just ingested a bunch of calories and carbs like you would with normal heavy crafty beers. Yeah. I know um, the drinkability on this one is a big big factor for me. I got yeah. you. I'll give it a seven one. I'm I'm with you guys. I think it's kind of in, um, not in a grade terms, but kind of in that C rating, <laughs> almost. Yeah. yeah. Um. Not not maybe maybe like a C maybe like a a C plus. I might yeah. give you a C plus. I mean, probably probably not even the first. Like even if we went to dissolver, I probably would grab the Kolsch before I would grab the this, uh, the lager. Yeah, I gave the Kolsch a seven seven. So yeah, I, that follows my theory. I would grab the Kolsch before I grab. I probably wouldn't even drink this when we were at the brewery. Not not in an offensive way, but because I'd rather try some other things after drinking a Kolsch. Yep, I know uh, what you're saying. You know, now. when you get that thing, you you, you want to know. So, and we've said it about some beers. If your boyfriend does not drink beer, this he, could be a he, beer. He only drinks Bud Light. This is something you might want to put him on if you're, you know, just trying to anybody. Get... It doesn't have to be just boyfriends. Yeah, it doesn't have to be just yeah. boyfriends. Sorry, you know, anybody that's any, a, a anybody, anybody, any friend or Michelob, ultra drinker, human being or non-human being that you know that doesn't drink beer. I mean, yeah, there are aliens on this can, so I don't know. You might, it could be, you might, alien. you might yeah. be friends be with aliens. aliens. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, if the so God, that would be kind of wild. If the aliens come down, is this the first beer that we hand them because there's an alien on the can? I feel like I we don't have, know. I feel they, like if they don't if they don't look like that, they might be offended. They might be like, "Hey, we don't, <laughs> we're not no little needleheads, okay?" But I feel like we've had a couple a couple cans that had aliens, aliens on, on them. them now. It's a common theme, especially when it's like some weird weird I, or beers. Or like, why would you give them Elysium Space Dust? Yeah, or astronaut, yeah, yeah. could do that. Sauce. Astronaut sauce. So there's yeah. a couple yeah. of them out there. That might be a category we need to do one night. Space beers? Yeah, the, the first beer that we would hand an alien. <laughs> before we, before we move on, I got a little fun fact. I want to, Before I screw up the name of it, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Go for it. Um, this thing NASA did with the furthest, like, uh, 
like the Hubble telescope. No, it's like one of like the satellites that we've sent out. Um, it's on the Voyagers. The vo the golden record is what they call it. Okay. So on this golden record, it's apparently a bunch of symbols and drawings and stuff on it that we believe some sort of intelligent life form could be able to read and decipher what we were trying to get can the message we were trying to convey. Okay. And if you actually play the record, it has like the sounds of the earth and it's um it's a bunch of different content and just like music and stuff like that. It's basically kind of like a like, like hey like class this is we're Earth, and this is what we're about, kind of thing. They put it on the side of this so like Voyager you, satellite. So if you like, oh uh, was it Wicked Morty, where they all the big heads, and you have to sing to? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like, <laughs> this yeah, is, this is our. Uh, this is what we play on Earth. Here's some Beethoven. <laughs> oh God, is that what they would do though? Like they hope Beethoven? not. So the mu it's, the music is specifically, or the sounds, I should say, as NASA describes it, is selected specifically to portray the diversity of life and culture on Earth. So it's just basically a way of us saying that some sort of intelligent life form if they were able to figure out a way to play it be like hey this we're a diverse was, group this is what earth was yeah. about they definitely put post malone on this <laughs> i don't think post malone was like even alive when they launched this oh, so, okay. is, how, right. when, so when how far it? yeah that's wild that'd be wild okay all right as long i you know what maybe they put elvis presley on there who knows that's that's probably like if that's how long ago it was maybe that's what they did is they just put elvis presley on there so but either way, never-ending sky. Roughly, what'd you say? You gave it a seven-five, Alex. Yeah, seven-five. Seven-five. Right. So yeah, low about mid low sevens is about where we we have this seven, beer. Seven-five, seven-one, six-nine. So, um, yeah, in the in the mid sevens. And again, for those that um, you know, since we're doing this probably for the first time on YouTube, explaining our scale, um, you're rarely gonna find, rarely, rarely, rarely gonna find us giving anything in the nines. It has to be um, a really good beer for a nine. It's got to be, yeah. For us, Fantastic. basically, we're saying if it's a nine, we would drive probably an hour to go get it. Like, we would actually, on our weekend, you know, drive to go drink at this drink this beer or drink this brewery. So, uh, eights is something, you know, you travel across town, pick up a six-pack. You go out of your way. You go out of your way, go out of your way it. for it. Guaranteed first beer that you'd be drinking at that brewery. In the sevens, uh, likely would be a beer that you would drink while you're at the brewery. You know, if it's at the grocery store, you'd certainly pick it up. Something that you feel comfortable. Yeah, if you with, had a restaurant, it's on tap. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, something you'd recommend. Sixes. You know, if if it was basically, I think Alex said this best one time. If somebody handed me this for free, I would drink it. But it's not something I'd go out of my way to to want to have. Uh, yep. Fives. You know, Five probably not drinking it. Probably handing it off for free if somebody even gave it to you. And then anything below that. We're not recommending you try. Yeah, that's a fair assessment of yeah. the scale. <laughs> so the right. um, just to answer the questions because you got me on it. The Voyager one and Voyager two are the ones that actually contain like certain things like that gold disc. Yeah, launched in the seventies and they've actually reached interstellar space. They've actually reached outside of, of our galaxy? of our solar system into like the yeah. empty space world, kind of like Solid. as you would call it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Right, awesome. So, so they're like they're like fifteen like almost fifteen billion miles away from Earth. In 77, that's Elvis Presley, maybe? No. Elvis is a little bit older than that, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, but as far as sounds, I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, if if we're talking about what music they would have put on the thing in 77, I mean. Elvis died, actually, the same year the Voyager was launched. So, yeah, Elvis yeah. is on there. Hank Williams Jr. No? no I don't know. It's no. probably like, it's probably different types of music, but anyways. Yeah, anyways. We digress. Yeah. All right. Anything more for the beer? Nah, I think mm -hmm. I like it. It's a good drinkable beer. Um, if you're looking for a craft beer, you can drink a good good bit of. That's one of them right there. Yeah. All right. Okay.
Yeah. yeah. All right. So into the NFL draft, obviously, uh, you know, while when we're recording this, it's two days away. Uh, 2021 draft. Dallas Cowboys fan, Pittsburgh oh, yeah. Steelers fan. Um, we didn't boys. Not a real diehard, but I like the Packers. I like the Saints. So, you know, kind of have some interest in who they're going to pick. But so what we've done is we have essentially taken eight different mock drafts across CBS, Pro Football Focus, ESPNs, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, um, the top NBC football, Sports. Either yeah, way, the top, the top football two four seven. drafts. Yeah, Any, anybody that you will online see a mock draft for, and we have uh, condensed our, them. Into our own mock draft. Into our own Beer Bacon Bros mock draft. And so. basically we've picked like, like the first pick overall. It, it was, everybody was picking Trevor. Yeah. But if it was like, you know, five chose Trevor and like two chose someone else, we were, we leaned towards, we we leaned towards the person that appeared the most. So it's yeah. kind of like we took the average, not the average, we took the, majority. the most. Yeah. Whichever one showed up the most. Yeah. And and we're all going to feel free to give opinions outside yeah. of the pick as well. Like if you think a team should take somebody else or uh, you don't think it's a good player. I mean, especially, especially just a way for us to convey what we think is the consensus of what's the yeah. what's predicted to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, so and um, we've got a if you're listening to this, we've got a good little slideshow with this that we're going to have yeah. on the YouTube video. If on you're the watching the YouTube video, video you're going to see, see this in a couple about. seconds. So yeah, I'm so. preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> so um, either way, yeah, it was con- consensus overall. Trevor Lawrence is the first overall pick. He yeah. is going to Jacksonville without a doubt. Sorry, Trevor. But yeah. he will be in the Sunshine State with his old Sunshine flow. I think if he'd go anywhere <laughs> else, um, he'd be like we've said it before. He'd be the next Andrew Luck. He's just going to be there. He's going to have a presence in the league for a long time. Never going to really seal the deal. But I feel like if he's not traded out of Jacksonville quickly and they don't turn around, like if one of those two doesn't happen, he's going to be one of those that – Talent just out. gets burned out of a shitty team, and it's just going to kill him. Either that, or he's going to become kind of the next Deshaun Watson to be like, "Hey, I, I want to get out of here. Like, you're not doing anything." Yeah, he's going to force some sort of trader. So, I know that's a Clemson to Clemson reference, but that really is the best kind of reference I can. Uh, Ryan Tannehill would be the other one. He was he was frustrated in Miami and said, "Hey, I'm ready to go." And they got so, him to Tennessee. So, he was, so what's the rookie uh, contract? Four years at least. Uh, it depends, actually, but his will probably be somewhere between four and five years. Yeah, that's, so after, he's the first overall pick. After that, he's going to go in there swinging for the fences on the well, rookie contract. After, yeah, but oh, after right. that, either he's looking to get big money, depending on how he does, or like you're saying, if Jacksonville hadn't helped him out in the next three to four years, he's looking. I if he doesn't go out. out there and shit the bed, I'll be surprised if he doesn't ask for like max contract in four or five years because QBs in four to five years, their oh, contracts yeah. are going to be. Astronaut. Beyond our belief from right now, Wait, they're already they're already exponentially probably, growing. Probably so it's even going to be worse. Yeah, probably it's going to be worse. I mean, Pat Mahomes already basically got a fifty million dollar deal, but it's going to become like the top five have fifty million dollar deals. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, uh, I mean, they've already you know acquired Marvin Jones Jr. in free agency, so they have him another receiver to go with D.D. Westbrook um, and you know Chark and some of the other guys that they've added. Hundred million dollars in cap space, it, you know, will give Urban Meyer a little bit of wiggle room to kind of add some things for him. So. Um, obviously, they may win four games next year, but I mean, I th- but I think they're kind of in the same scenario, which leads into the next pick as well in the Jets. But whether they need to keep a healthy line to help protect Trevor Lawrence, and yeah. I and I think so. I guess so. Was everybody consensus that Zach Wilson is going to? It, everybody is consensus that Zach Wilson will be the number two overall pick to the Jets, six so, foot two. Uh, you know, so a little bit undersized, I guess. He's more Aaron Rodgers esque uh, with the six two two fifteen. But the quarterback out of BYU, uh, really, I mean, 
So my <laughs> I don't know what to say to my this. My whole thing was I thought Sam Donald's not great by no means, but no. I don't think he's I think the Jets could have stuck with him because they did pick up a top lineman last year with their first uh, with their first round draft pick. Yep. And I definitely think they could have went and got a top lineman this year. And, and beef, oh yeah, well, why you know I mean, to beef up the line though, but to then help Sam Donald out, like be protected. So, uh, so I agree with that, but I think the reason why they're going with Wilson is the reason I'm gonna say I think he's gonna do good. It's just because he's the unexpected like underdog. You don't, you, no one expected him to be number two overall, but I think he's gonna show that he is worth the number two overall pick. And I don't think the Jets want to take the chance of missing, missing this that. opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I mean. What ended up happening, I think, is obviously, you know, Justin Fields was initially like everybody said Trevor Lawrence is one, Justin Fields is two coming into basically leaving last year and, and doing the really early mock draft picks. But well, hell, after um, the national championship, people thought Fields was going to take over as yeah, number one. Yeah. And I mean, the, the problem ended up becoming is people, I don't know why, and we'll, we'll talk about this as we get through it, but I don't know why people have kind of moved away from Justin Fields, but I mean, they did, have. I say, did they? And, they just weren't impressed with his pro day, right? Yeah, I mean, they give all kinds of excuses. I mean, now, but, now they're saying he has epilepsy and, and all kinds of things. But, Pete, I mean, what happened but is – But um, if if he was to be this number two quarterback, how often is it that you you have more than one pro day, though, as far as, like, make it known that, hey, like, once you have your first pro day, like, that's what everybody's going to watch and yeah. at most scouts are going to be at. Yeah, and so for Justin Field, like he, I knew he partook in Ohio State's second pro day. Yeah, so it wasn't like he was. I guess he felt like he had more to prove, and I think people were like, "What you, what you did in your first day, is the best we're gonna see." Yeah, I mean, I'm a guy that that's like, "Yo, you have two years worth of tape on this guy. Like, let's put the tape on. Let's like watch what he does in the game." But anyway, Zach Wilson. People were questioning, you know, what his real size was because BYU had him. As always, schools have you listed taller, bigger, faster, stronger, yeah, oh yeah. and they had him listed at six three two twenty five. So his height measurable was a was a big important thing. This is his official numbers from not only his pro day, well, yeah, his pro day because they didn't do the NFL combine, but so six two and one eighths and two fifteen, which is completely fine. That's Aaron Rodgers' size, and that's what a lot of people are kind of comparing him to. Is as the far next as the big arm, Aaron, and everything. big arm, enough mobility to make things happen. Uh, you know, that Johnny Menzel esque of when a play breaks down, he's able to, to make something out of nothing. So people just kind of fell in love with Zach Wilson. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he, I'm with you. And we've said this before Trevor Lawrence, to me, his ceiling is Andrew Luck. Like, if you, if everybody will go back to when Andrew Luck was getting drafted, this guy was the next Jesus, basically. He was the next Peyton Manning and or Tom Brady or whatever. And Andrew Luck had a good career. He didn't have a great career, a lot of injuries, some issues, you know, with him that ended up making him retire fast. I think that's where Trevor Lawrence is going to get to. He's going to be as good as Andrew Luck. I don't think he's going to be the elite top three quarterback. And I think if things pan for Zach Wilson, I'll take the hot take of saying it right now on video. I think if, if things that. pan out correctly for the Jets, they draft well over the next couple of years and they put talent around him. He might really could be the next Aaron Rodgers. All right, but so another. So you're. I think Zach Wilson will do better than Trevor Lawrence if he gets the help. He gets the support he needs, Mm -hmm. or if not, goes to a different team. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Any more for Zach? No. Get on Zach. The third pick. This is this is the hot pick. Don't say the name yet. 
there's a lot going on with this. The 49ers traded up into number three where Miami was. Um, they flop picks, basically 12 and three, and then a couple other draft picks. San Francisco obviously had to give up more for Miami to feel comfortable making that trade. And I said, Miami, well, Miami – They moved back into the top six with Philadelphia. Yeah, I say they've, they've made a couple good moves to secure a couple – Couple yeah, picks they've got here. draft picks secured around. I mean, Jacksonville's got 11, but Miami's got so many picks over the, this year and next year. Yeah. But, so, I mean, I thought they did a very good job to essentially drop three spots to where you're not losing out on a blue-chip player. But and, then but then to uh, secure three, four other picks exactly. in, the, in the process. Exactly. So, um, the third pick, everybody made this move, or when San Francisco made this move, everybody initially said – it's Kyle Pitts. They're going after Kyle Pitts. They're getting Jimmy Garoppolo, this big tight end target, the next Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, the best tight end in the league, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, everybody feels like Kyle Pitts is going to be the next, basically, Travis Kelsey and just an all-world tight end, number I mean, one tight end in the league. He the boy's is good. Yeah. The boy's yeah. good. Kyle Pitts is going to be that. Yeah. We, he will be that. <laughs> we personally, as South Carolina fans, got to watch him absolutely destroy our defense. So, yeah. um, well, but. I mean, when the tight end leaves I've, I've the game seen, being the number one receiver, it's just kind of like, I've okay. I've seen a couple of tight ends just beat South Carolina, you know, Stoneburner or whatever his yeah. name was out of yeah. A&M. Yeah. But anyways, but Kyle Pitts is that good, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Kyle Pitts is not who we're actually seeing as projected as a third overall pick. It basically came down initially when I made this last week. It was Justin Fields. And then, thankfully, I was paying attention yesterday morning, and um, and it flipped. Basically, San Francisco came out, and they said, hey, we're picking between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. And then when I relooked at everything, everyone said Mac Jones. And so third overall pick we're saying is going to be Mac Jones. There's another Alabama quarterback being drafted high who probably would just have a trend of the previous Alabama quarterbacks and not do anything. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. So- I mean, A.J. McCarron was the first one to throw a touchdown from Alabama in the NFL for like 40 years. Yeah. It was like legitimately 40 years. Yeah, it was decades. So Mac Jones Mac Jones is good. I just don't think he's good enough. Do y'all know the, the controversy that's going on with this, though? No. no. Okay, so uh, if you're a 49ers fan, I really feel for you. But basically what's happening is Kyle Shanahan, the head coach for the 49ers, says, I want Mac Jones. He's my guy, right? And And – they they traded up to get the third overall pick before even really discussing who they were going to take, which is dumb. But Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, says, Mac Jones, he's my guy. This is who I want. He can run my offense. I've had success with, you know, Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins and, you know, these other so is pocket that who, is that passer. Who comparing him to yeah pocket passer style yeah just pro style you know uh somebody that can manage the game doesn't turn the ball over makes the right decisions doesn't obviously have any athleticism i mean mac jones is as slow as as 38 year old peyton manning but oh big ben he's um, slow as big ben he's as slow as current (laughs) big ben yeah and then the rest of the organization including the general manager wants to take trey lance everybody thinks that trey lance is this diamond in the rough we don't know enough about him you know he's got the superstar talent the body size all this other stuff so he is he so the, they're literally fighting over who to take so is he but left. what is he like the next like carson wentz coming out of north no, dakota no State? he's but, completely different than carson wentz. no no but as far as like the big hype around him because like yeah. everybody was hyped about carson wentz and what he did at yeah. north dakota state yeah and now he i went, feel like mac jones is gonna be eerily similar it's gonna be to carson it, wentz yes oh Okay. It's going to be. He was referring gonna, to Trey Lance, but 
Well, I think I think Mac Jones can be early somewhere. Carson Wentz. It's going to be a lot of hype. If he does make it somewhere, it's going to be because the it was a team effort. Generally, was a team effort. Yeah. And then it's just he's going to fizzle. It's out. just going to fizzle. It's, he's going to end up going right to the middle. Of the, it's just going to be status quo QB, just middle of the road. Matt Ryan at best, and that yeah. and that's actually kind of what Kyle Shanahan wants. He doesn't want a superstar that he has to handle. He wants somebody that's level headed like Mac Jones, and he they they actually feel like they could plug in a quarterback. And go to the Super Bowl. Like that's how good they think San Francisco is right now, run game wise. Devo Samuels, uh, and then of course that defense. So that's we'll see. I we think it's going to be Mac Jones. It could be Trey Lance. We know it's going to be one of those two. So shocker, they all go with Kyle Pitts. <laughs> that's what somebody asked me today. They were like, "What if they really traded up to get Kyle Pitts and then land?" Like, I don't want to. Well, I'll go ahead and spoil it. So at the fourth overall pick, we are saying that Kyle Pitts will go to Atlanta. That's what everybody else is saying. This was like a seven out of eight agreeing on Kyle Pitts. Um, what if they did take Kyle Pitts at three, and then Atlanta's just sitting there like, "Who do, what we, do take? we do?" <laughs> like, I hope Atlanta's got a backup plan. So yeah, it's called um, Hayden Host. <laughs> well, I mean, that's my thing. Like oh, for Atlanta, I'm not an Atlanta fan by any means. Atlanta, this is a pick where. You know, basically, people are saying you're just going to take the best overall player. Like people have Kyle Pitts behind Trevor Lawrence as the literal best football player in this draft. Oh, I, uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts is a. But Atlanta, Atlanta team. has to actually have that conversation with himself. You've got Hayden Hurst, who's a dependent. He's a dependable. Just, he's a, he's, he's a an top, every day, he's a every down tight end. tight end. He's a top ten tight end in the NFL. Yes. So why would you go and pick with the fourth pick overall another tight end? Well, I mean. I mean, yeah, having Calvin two Witt, two Cal- two of the top ten tight ends in the league would be really great to have. But if you're not, but running, if every other position sucks, I'm gonna say if you're not, you're, running not, you're two, not doing yourself. Are you running favors. a two tight end set on offense? Probably. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Pitts will probably actually flex out. I, I really do think that Kyle like Pitts a will play slot guy. Yeah, he'll play. He, the he'll way move up to the slot, to or or he's like just three feet off the line, like kind of just. So he, it's almost going to look like he's lined up at tight end, but he's not. Kind of weird. Some NFL GMs have apparently said that they think he could be the next Calvin Johnson. Like he's got the big enough body that if he, he works, could. works his way into being fast enough to be that that X wide receiver, that, yeah, um, he can do that. Again, six five, almost he could six, be the six, outside six. receiver. I mean, the, I mean, the guy's basically six six, six five and five eights, two forty five. I mean, this dude's a monster. If he gets fast enough, he could be the out. He could be the the guy running down the sidelines. Just you usually got you just got to get over the DB. That's yeah. the only thing you got to do. Throw the ball yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. just get it over. Get it over. Get it over the defender. Yeah. So. I mean, for me personally, like when I look at it, I'm like Atlanta. You need cornerback. You need defensive line. You need linebacker. You need offensive line. Like you have Julio Jones. You have Calvin Ridley. You have Hayden Hurst. I mean, maybe draft you. I mean, you're not going to do it at the fourth overall pick, but man, draft you a freaking like great running back somewhere. So um, people people have said that you know the Patriots have obviously shown interest in getting Julio Jones. So, but either um, way, you know it, who I see Kyle Pitts being if he can get a little bit faster. He could be just like Chase Claypool. I just looked it up because I was wanting to confirm it. Yeah, Chase there's Claypool only, is there's about only, the same size. There's only one inch difference, and the weight's yeah. almost the same. Chase Claypool actually played a little bit of tight end in college, too. Yeah. So, um, very, so but very either simple. way, so it is it a consensus, though, that Atlanta's just looking to draft the best player at the fourth? Like, if, if, if they go if, Kyle Pitts, that's all they from, were doing. From what we're seeing, exactly. Exactly it's what just Alex who, it's just who the best player is at that point in time. Yeah. They literally were like, okay, Mel Kuyper's big board. Okay. That's the guy. first one. They That's first the, the first available Mel Kuyper's big yep. board. That's what they're going to go for. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll into the fifth pick. Uh, yep. Yeah. So fifth pick, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. 
little controversy here right now is this is kind of changing the last four or five hours. So I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have time to make the adjustment, but um, we are seeing and saying beforehand, Penny Sewell or Sue Sewell. That's how Sewell, Sewell, something like that. Sewell, um, who is the offensive tackle from Oregon, 6'6", 330. I mean, from big what dude. I big literally dude. from what I read on this guy, this is the best offensive lineman that has come out of college football in the last 15 years. Now, from where, from what they're saying and what I've seen too, yeah. I, I I would agree. I mean, and and he's like I watched a little bit of his tape on Sunday when I was kind of making this. Where on the line is he? Is he playing? He's a left tackle. He's a left tackle. Yeah. Okay, so um, which would be a huge thing for Joe Burrow, say, who by the way just tore his ACL last year because the Cincinnati and Joe Burrow is right handed, so right? Yeah, he's he is. so yeah, that'd be, so a, be the right that'd tackle. be a hell of a um. A uh, blindside tackle oh, out yeah, there to have yeah. blocking you. How big? Six how big foot was, six, three thirty. How big was Michael Orr? Michael Orr was actually like six eight, three fifty. But I okay. mean, that was just. I mean, when you get to this, that was size, a freak of nature. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I was you're, just saying I want out because I was about to say, as far as talent wise and the way they move, they move they, like footwork wise. I feel like they both kind of compare. Yeah. Footwork it's comparable. Yeah. The two he's, of them. he's especially in that Oregon At offense. That size, that, that's why I was asking what how big. Good luck seeing over his ass though, trying to dump down to the left oh, side. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but for Oregon's offense, their offensive linemen are very athletic because of a lot of the stretch runs, the motion. I mean, the the kind of they're a high speed offense. They are, yeah. And and so you have you somebody keep up. You have somebody that is an elite athlete at left tackle with the right size, with the pass blocking ability. He's probably like one of the more well-conditioned lineman out oh, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's it's not even like his grade is basically like a 98, and the next offensive lineman is like a 94. It's not even close right now. Yeah, so, big gap. I guess uh, the next – So, I think this, if this really does happen here, I think that's a, a so, well, that, that's an A pick. So, I've, that's an I, a guess, plus pick. I guess when it first came out, like after college football ended and the Bengals weren't exactly sure if, whether they were going to take a receiver, take lineman, whatever they were going to – they had him falling almost all the way down to ten at one point in time. Yeah, so there I have I have now seen in the last. So it's hours. kind of like a Bengals or bust for this dude. Well, well, it all. Depends. Well, like if he does, if it's not the Bengals, he'll he'll probably just, fall a good bit. Yeah. The way the way it played out as far as what teams needed, he just happened to hit. He's going to fall that. Yeah, far, it, yeah. it fell to like an I, eight, nine, ten. Spot I don't for think him. he will. Like I, I, I think, I think if he, he if it if it comes down to like seven or eight, whoever's there. They'll probably be like, you know what, hell, let's get this offensive no, lineman. I, I don't think there's any way he makes it past the next pick at six because I'm going to tell you right now, this is the controversy between the two. It's either Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase. A lot of people are thinking Jamar Chase because of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase playing together at LSU. They already have that relationship. Yeah, so we're, we're saying we're saying Jamar Chase is going. I'm What we've built out is we're saying that Jamar Chase is going six. To Miami. He yeah. could go five to the Bengals. Those are the two that the Bengals are basically picking from. At the time I built it, I would say that's Penny Sewell. I still think that they may would go offensive line, but either way, these two guys are going off the board at five and six, whether it's Chase but first and then Sewell or Sewell first and then Chase. Because I guess because, the only other – the only – the next top lineman, I guess, and he's more of an interior, either guard, center, was that uh, Rashad Slater Slaughter out yeah, of Northwestern. Northwestern. Yep, yeah, yeah. So he's later in our draft pick. But Jamar Chase – and people have kind of knocked this draft a little bit because there's not a huge – like, by a huge receiver, I mean actually like 6'4", big guy. You know what I mean? I mean, it's Kyle Pitts, obviously, is that hybrid. But Jamar Chase is at six foot, Jalen Waddles at like 5'11", Devonta Smith's at six foot. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman at Minnesota is 6'1". I say so. you're looking at a lot of like A-B size guys. Yeah. Why did that six foot mark? Yeah. yeah. And uh, But I tell you what, they're extremely talented guys. I mean, 
you can make the argument that Devonta Smith is better than Jamar Chase or Jamar Chase is better than Devonta Smith. And those two are definitely the top two. And then you see some more falling off. But uh, Miami. Just the explosiveness from Devonta Smith would put him above Jamar Chase. The size is what they're knocking, right? You see you see Jamar Chase at six foot and three eighths, 201. Devonta Smith weighed in at 166. What's a big difference in the that's NFL? A, yeah. Huge oh, difference. Yeah. I mean, that's you got guys in high school that are bigger weight wise at receiver than than that guy. And I, I don't mean just any like I mean talented wide receivers in high school. So yeah. uh but Jamar Chase would be exactly what Miami needs. I mean, Tua needs somebody that he can throw to that is stretched the field with. He I mean, needs a threat. And I don't mean this in any disrespect to any of the guys in Miami, but he needs somebody that can beat number one corners. Um and, and so Jamar Chase would definitely kind of make make sense for that pick yeah so, i agree with that um at seven detroit this is where people can start to see a possibility of people trading up if somebody likes trey lance if somebody really likes justin fields uh they see that detroit can move out i mean this makes total sense it god forbid if, if jamar chase actually makes it to seven i would say he probably goes here they have to take wide receiver if they're taking somebody you've already seen kenny galladay go to new york he's with the giants now marvin jones jr like we talked about earlier is in, in jacksonville so they have nobody wide receiver. They have literally like their top two guys who probably made up maybe close to two thousand yards worth of production last year with Matthew Stafford are now gone. Obviously, Matthew Stafford's gone. They brought in uh, Jared Goff, but so for them, you get the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, yeah, you gotta yeah. go. There's who who was their number three receiver? Was it Danny Amendola? I think it actually was Danny Amendola. It was. If we're being yeah, was. yeah, I think it was. Um, but that's, I think with Devontae Smith, like sad. we did just harp on his weight. I do they could easily, like within two weeks, get him up to like 180. Yeah, easily. Think, I mean, you say that, but how did he not get up to 180 in Alabama's weight, like weight and conditioning, nutrition program? I mean, that's that's the best in the country. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just they probably, they I just don't saw, think they I don't think I don't I think they probably he, saw him he performed like well one, enough at 160. They were like, let's not screw this up. And that's make what I'm him saying. Fat. They probably let him get to like yeah. 170 to like, all right, he's doing this is where he needs to be. He's yeah. where he needs to be to be. Okay. And I his, mean, and who are who are you to go before. tell the Heisman Trophy winner he needs to he needs to improve his condition? <laughs> I mean, that's I mean that's like, exactly like. I mean, I don't. I wanna, mean, I know you're the best player in the country, but you're not big enough for us. Like, yeah. well, I mean, I, but I now it's the next level. He needs to get that weight. I understand this is two different sports, but I was like when McGregor tried to go up to like 185 or whatever it was to fight. Fight Nate, Nate Diaz. Yeah. yeah. It he affects everybody's. It affects your body differently. He looked a little slower. He might that might be his natural walking around weight, but his fighting weight's like one fifty five. Yeah, and Devontae Smith, he might perform better at one sixty. Like he, he may That's have gotten up heavier, and they like saw a reduction, in, and, and they're like, "Hey, no, you need to cut that weight back down." Yeah, so they know, may have tried to put. If on that's weight. not the case. NFL conditioning guys, they can get him up to 190 almost in the blink of an eye. Yeah. In I the offseason. In a healthy 192. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he'll be fine. People Kinda are like, people how, much are, you, how much muscle mass do you think DK put on once he got to the NFL? I, I don't know because he had like 0.00% it's whatever It's whatever the he, amount he, that Hercules had. Yeah. <laughs> it's, whatever, it's whatever amount Hercules had. If you calculate his, that's how much he put on. Yeah, whatever DK I mean, did work for. I mean, yeah. He went to that combine, and people were like, "Oh my God, this dude is a god." <laughs> I mean, he, I'm he moving, looks. I'm moving to my on deck here. Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah, I mean, fine. so, um, but yeah, like you're saying, I think I think he could easily get up to like that 175, 180 range. But if that's if you start seeing a a loss in production, I would be like, "All right, play at the 170." Yeah, mark, I, th where, I think where you I think can with perform. with um, Detroit, Devontae's not him. He might play slot a little bit. He might be just the, the number two on the outside, on the inside. And um, 
he's going to do a lot of across the middles, quick slant stuff like that. Just because of his talent and his speed, That's you're not going to have to throw him a deep ball. I mean, he, he can, can do he can twenty beat, yard stuff. He, he can, can do the deep stuff if you need him to. But I think the smart play for them would be just doing like. 15, 20 yard stuff. That's going to be his, uh, yeah, that's going to be where he, he thrives, buddy. Yeah. Well, people, I mean, especially even in college, Sark, you know, kind of showed you that the best way to get Devonta Smith open is a little bit of that motion. It is some of the quick slants. It's the bunch formations. You know, can he, can he go up one on one on the line and be, can he actually beat a Richard Sherman in the NFL one on one on the line? No, not at that weight, not at that size. But if you, you, there are things offensively you can do to get him open and not let corners just basically plant their feet and put their hands on in the moment the ball snaps. Yeah. So there's some things that they can do there to, to get him open. And I think it's a great pick. If Detroit does end up doing this, I think it's the, the thing they have to have for Jared Goff to even be successful this year. So, yeah. Um, on to eight, the next pick. Yeah. At eight, the Carolina Panthers. This is a pick where people are actually multiple sources were saying that the Panthers would be willing to move out of this pick if. Penny Sewell doesn't fall to them at eight. Uh, obviously, the Panthers need offensive line. They just went and got Sam Darnold. They feel like Sam Darnold is a little bit of the guy that they, you know, want to come in and battle Trevor Trevor, yeah, Trevor Bridgewater or Teddy Bridgewater. Sorry, not Trevor. But uh, the thing that I saw and started reading a little bit over today, now that that you know, San Francisco has basically said that they're not going to take Justin Fields, is that the Panthers are interested in Justin Fields. So. Um, to bring in three quarterbacks, you know, I think is a little it's a little much, overkill. A little overkill. It's it's overkill, especially when you're using a top ten pick to do it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many other people, so many other positions. I'd say, like even, I say what I mean. I I know Keekley's been out now for a little bit, but I know they probably they hadn't replaced a, a linebacker. They, the only they thing did, I can think Thomas of is Davis. if they come in and like pick Justin Fields, then they use him as like some sort of like trade bait. Or something like that. Not like Atlanta does with pitchers. Yeah. Just pick up random pitchers. <laughs> yeah, the Braves, like, the Braves just pick up a pitcher and be like, hey, I mean, you can go in the locker. I wouldn't unpack or nothing like that. Well, but you're probably going to get Carolina trade. should go a different route at QB if they don't plan on dumping the other two. Yeah. I, well, at least I, one I of the other two. That, yeah. I do think they're willing to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. I, you know, like if somebody were to willing to take that contract and give them basically anything for Teddy Bridgewater, that I think they would take it at this point. Um, it doesn't make sense to me because if you trade to go get Sam Darnold because you actually think that Sam Darnold could be the future for your organization, why then why would you draft Justin Fields? I mean, I get it. You get to push him. You get to guarantee yourself that you got a quarterback that you know is going to actually start your games next year and be successful because, I mean, out of the three, one of them's got to be freaking good. You would um, think. You would think, but – I mean, I, I, do either, think, I do think it puts I, do, I think I think Carolina needs help on the defensive side more than they do at the they've drafted a lot on the on the line. They need the help in the secondary. Yeah. Thomas Davis is basically taking over for Luke Keekley and he's doing just as good a job, basically. Um, and they've drafted basically two defensive lines in the first forty picks last year. So they're they they've kind of filled that need. But you know, uh, yeah, secondary safeties, corners, that that area. Line, you don't need really three. Bad. Quarterbacks. quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks. Those, so like just, here, if they like, have Justin Fields, they'll be they'll legitimately have three quarterbacks that have had started multiple games in the NFL. And it's just what's the point? Yeah. So at this at this pick, if I were, I guess Carolina, I would be looking Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn, yeah. Um, who is the top safety? Um, 
Well, it's technically the kid from TCU that we'll get to in a second. But I mean, I got Greg Newsom at, at, I don't at Northwestern is also an, another one that people. But yeah, you know, looking looking at looking for somebody in the deep the the DB or safety yeah. and stuff like that. Somewhere yeah. you know, either free safety, strong. No, safety, I agree. That's that's yeah. a good route to go. Yeah, just to kind of help. It's a little high as well. So uh, one of the other things that we've been seeing is that the Panthers are willing to trade out of this, and and New England is obviously interested in moving up and getting Trey Lance or Justin Fields at this. point. I mean, yeah, you could do like a fifteen um, for an eight trade or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and you could get you could get your safety or your cornerback at the fifteen, at, at the 15 yeah. spot, unless yeah. it was somebody you just felt like you had to have. But um, Justin Fields, six two and three fours, two twenty seven. I I personally look at this as he's the third best quarterback. I think it, I think it is Trevor Lawrence. I think it is Zach Wilson, and I think it is Justin Fields from a from a managerial standpoint. Those were the three that I would take in that order. People have really fallen off the Justin Field train, and I don't know why or what. And I think he's going to be the next like, um, well, brain fart. But I think he's going to be the next move. He's going to fit into this movement of the scrambling, agile quarterbacks that NFL is getting a resurgence of. I feel like he's a bigger size Russell Wilson, and I—I I mean, maybe he's not as good as Russell. Like Russell Wilson's great right now, but Russell well, Wilson, Lamar Jackson was the name I was thinking of. Oh, he's going to be some. He's not, he's not going to be as electric as Lamar or yeah, Pat Mahomes, stuff like yeah, that. But he's going to yeah. be fitting in like with Russell Wilson. He's going to be in that clubhouse with those guys. Yeah. And I think. What about? I like think he's going to have a successful like an NFL career. Mariota? Yeah, like a, like like that. Like yeah. Early in his career, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Justin I mean, Fields is going to have a successful NFL quarter a career because people, this this agility that is becoming newfounded as being like it's well, it's, it's, it's yeah X factor yeah another X factor it's another intangible yeah yeah people people from what I've heard like over the last twenty four hours people are just saying well he's coming from Ohio State he's not going to work out because you can't name an Ohio State quarterback in the NFL right now that's good. Okay, I mean, what does that people, mean? People don't, people don't think a, Carson Wentz is great. Yeah, I mean, there can't uh, be another one that there's a BYU quarterback in the NFL that's great right now. No, <laughs> I mean, like, I just that, that's just a terrible take. So, it's like, um, how do you how do you hold that? Because I mean, like, you've got quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger came from like Miami of Ohio, just like, yeah, exactly. Pe- people can come out of nowhere. People Joe can Flacco people are allowed to Delaware. make people are people <laughs> are allowed Lomo to be from like. East, Eastern Illinois. Yeah, you're allowed yeah. to be the first of whatever because, I mean, that's just the way it works. You know, he could he could be one of the first great quarterbacks to come out of Ohio State in the modern era or whatever. Yeah. Who can't can't go off of that shit? That's just dumb. That's a I dumb mean, take. Well, we said the same thing about Matt Hey, Jones. by the way, Jamarcus Russell was from LSU, and no other great LSU's ever quarter, quarterbacks ever come out, so you shouldn't draft Joe Burrow one. Yeah. Like, oh I mean, granted, we did just say the same thing like Mac Jones, like you said, Adam, but I think it's a little bit different because Alabama's consistently putting quarterbacks into the first oh, no, round no, almost, they could, they and they consistently do nothing. They well, consistently I mean, have State great State quarterbacks in college that, yet, yeah. that for whatever reason, don't pan out in the NFL. Yeah. Ohio State is too, but I mean, like, come well, on. Ohio State's not consistently winning national championships like Alabama is, no, and those quarterbacks aren't consistently failing at the NFL level. No, I guess they're not. So, uh, over at the ninth pick, this is kind of a wild card. Uh, this is actually so how this is how diverse the ninth pick has gone. When I was looking at the mock drafts, literally not a single person agreed on who the Broncos would take at nine, which is kind of wild because I, I, I later in the draft there's a pick where literally like seven of the eight said one guy in the twenties. So you're like, okay, well that's probably well then happen. what that tells me here is I think we're going to see. Trade. The trade. Yeah, Denver's going to trade it. I do think this is going to be the Denver trade. Uh, people have said Trey Lance. Denver fan, Denver fans, I think, are tired of of Drew Locke, and they don't feel like Drew Locke is good enough to be the future of the, of the team. I don't think the front office or the team feel that way yet. Drew Locke has had his moments. Um, 
if if the Broncos were going to take somebody, I do think it would be Slater, just as you mentioned. Good job. Um, doing a little research over here. The number two offensive lineman in the draft, uh, six four and a quarter, 304 currently. Very mobile, Big Ten offensive lineman. Guy knows how to run block. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Big so, body on the inside. Yeah, and, and can play guard and tackle. And Denver really needs it. Their offensive line is horrendous. They drafted a guy like two or three years ago at the 20th pick that was from nowhere. I think it was from Utah. And the guy literally hasn't panned out, and they've already moved on from him. So, um, you know, for Denver, makes sense to go offensive line. Really, honestly, makes sense to trade. I do think that New England, if they if they felt like Trey Lance was the guy, you've probably watched. You know, you, even if they trade up into nine, you're probably still going to have Justin Fields or Trey Lance, maybe not by our projections. But I think it's a possibility. I think Denver trades out of this to whoever, whoever secretly wants that quarterback. Because there's going to be – I feel like there's going to be somebody that secretly is like, Man, Justin Fields. Is, like, is hey, it, I, I know we got ex quarterback, like we got Ryan Tannehill or something, but he could be the Fields, next guy. Yeah. You put Justin Fields and Derrick Henry running read options. I mean, whoo. So that's that's what we have as in our in our mock draft at nine. I almost say it's gonna be a trade. I, I, I agree with you. I actually probably, you know, if we're gonna take projections, I would say it's probably a trade too. So, so all right. So, this is this is the personal pick at ten um, for the the boys. Yeah, I'm gonna let you take over this one. You, right, you go ahead so and read this one off. Tell me how excited I like. You are about I like this. what we're doing here. I do like the cornerback pick. What I want to see though, with we have two veteran tackles coming off of season-ending injuries last year, one with the neck, one with the knee. I would like to have seen maybe a, an offensive lineman here because we we have. Last year alone, four out of our five starters went down with injuries, and three of them was season-ending. So maybe y'all should draft a new strength and conditioning coordinator. <laughs> so <laughs> what? what At pick number fifty-two. <laughs> yeah. So if if a top, if either Slaughter or Slater or Sewell happen to drop, I would like to see them pick up. One of those two at the tenth pick over Patrick Sertan. By the way, our projection is Patrick Sertan, the yes. cornerback out of Alabama. Or in the, I guess the other option would be J.C. Horn, right? Both. So, so of of the eight mock drafts, six said Patrick Sertan, two said J.C. Horn. So, so you're pretty much guaranteed a cornerback. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, ideally, I I would like to see us, and with Dak Prescott coming off of his season-ending injury of a broken ankle. Yeah. So like, I would like to see us replace the talent that we had at left tackle in Tyrone Smith. He's going he, – like I said, he's either retiring or he's coming back off of a season-ending neck injury from last year. Okay. So I would like to see that, but we drastically need help in the secondary. Yeah. So for us to go cornerback here in either Patrick Sotan or J.C. Horn, I would be fine with either one. Home, hometown favorite on J.C. Horn being a Carolina fan. Yeah. But I, I do, of the corners, Patrick Sertan's got to be the best corner yeah. out there. Patrick Sertan is the number one rated corner, and I think the only thing that gives him a little more edge over J.C. Horn is Sertan played safety early in his career at Alabama. He played a little bit of a strong safety early on his career until he moved down to the corner position. So I think he can help you at both spots in the secondary. Like he yep. could transition to the NFL and play either one, depending on what you need. He is bigger. He is at 6'2 and 1'8. So he can really hang with a lot of those receivers. 208 is a great weight for a corner. Um, can play physical on the line. And I mean, I, I, 
I don't think either team, whoever you are, if you get Sertan or JC Horn or even Greg Newsom, the you're the, not gonna be you're not gonna be mad. You're at not that. gonna be mad about it. You yeah. got a number one corner. You got a guy that can go one on one with people. So Sertan played the defense that Alabama plays sometimes plays a little bit more zone than than South Carolina did. Yep. So Sertan could play. He could fit into a, a defensive scheme kind of like what Seattle used to run, where you're you have one cornerback that basically covers the left side of the field. And so I do think that would probably maybe limit him a little bit if he's if they just basically like, hey, Sertan, go cover the best wide receiver. Well, I say, and be, being a Dallas, like they do run a lot of zone, yeah. and they, but they also and they depend on their linebackers to back, match up more man to man. With us having supposedly a quicker linebacker core of the NFL, yeah. they do match up the linebackers man to man and let the the corners and the safeties kind of play a zone, and. But I always, I, I've always felt like in the past three seasons that I've always seen at least one corner that was always getting burnt. Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah. So I think that's true. I think that's true. So if we if we could have two solid corners, I think that would be ideal for for Dallas in this at this pick at ten. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and flip over to eleven. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the New York Giants, this is another position where people think somebody's going to trade. They're going to look to trade back. They feel like this part of the draft is where you kind of um, you know, can can get some trade bait from people if they like a certain person. Uh, Jalen Waddle it was projected on a lot. I don't I don't remember the exact number, but it was a lot of the eight uh, was going for the New York uh, Giants. So no, you know, so um, and so Waddle's only downside to the other two receivers was his size five nine and a quarter. Um, which you you know a little bit about that five nine and a quarter, don't you? No, I don't. Still, <laughs> little, still a little tall for me. Uh, but you know about the 180. You know about the 180. So no, I'm still uh, a little heavier than that, too. <laughs> aren't we all, brother? Uh, but, I mean, Jalen Waddle's a great receiver. Obviously got hurt a little bit. Truth be told, he was the number one receiver in the Alabama offense early in the season. And then when he got hurt, Devon Smith kind of took over ended up winning a Heisman. So um, for the Giants, you know, I hate to say it, Daniel Jones needs weapons. Evan Ingram is great and all, but he's only – you know, able to do so much. Sterling Shepard's only able to do so much. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So um, they did go get Kenny Galladay. So if they were to add Jalen Waddle, you would really feel like, all right, Daniel Jones, you have to prove it now, right? You got the tight end. You got the number one receiver in Kenny Galladay. Now you got a slot receiver in Jalen Waddle. You got Sterling Shepard. I say Shepard's a three, maybe. Yeah, probably a three. I mean, um, you know, so you'd have to kind of go, go prove it. So um, we'll see. We'll see. So. Hometown guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the number 12 pick, we talked about it earlier. Um, the exact way it went was San Fran had 12, moved to three. Miami moved back to 12 on that flop, and then Miami and the Eagles switched again at, at six and 12. So um, hometown guy, baby. J.C. Horn is uh, – Good to see it. Yeah. Is Going like, to Philly, allegedly. Like 205 seems a little generous for J.C., so? yeah. Yeah, yeah. JC yeah. seems a little, you think a little skinnier what, than that. Little, like one ninety five, you thinking? Probably, like maybe one ninety. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was that. I don't think he was that thin. I give him like one ninety five. Six, almost six foot one, two ten. I mean, two hundred five, whatever. That's not the JC Horn I know. That's that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, I think I think he's six one, but I think he was more one ninety five, two pushing it. <laughs> yeah. Two of after you know had been sweating a little bit. And <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, the, the six foot has always been him. I mean, they had him. I mean, Lord forbid, when he was coming out of high school, they had him listed as six two. So, you know, just always love your high school numbers. But, um, but yeah, as long as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't carry his, uh, 
his mouth into the NFL. I think he'll be good. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's got some swagger. People, I mean, people he's got really a personality think, on him. Yeah, people really think that um, you know he can not to compare South Carolina guys, but can really be that Stephon Gilmore or the Patrick Peterson. Uh, the Darrell Revis, you know, though that's the, big. You talking the, about the, Revis I mean, Island? I'm not kidding you. That's what people really think JC Horn could be is just a absolute one on one nightmare for number one receivers. Man, um, he doesn't I mean, he was like that here in South Carolina last oh, yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, his numbers back it in college. So, um, the 205, well, I agree with you. I, mean, I don't think he's 205. But to so. say, but to say you're gonna put put him at what the was pedestal it, the third or fourth game of the season? I forget who we played. Oh, miss. He or actually, Auburn, Auburn. he actually shut down like Auburn's number one guy, like he yeah. only like three yeah. targets or something like that. Yeah, and he, had, I mean, he had two or three picks in the game. So yeah, he didn't college stat wise. Like if you just look up, hey, how many interceptions did you have? How many tackles did you have? Like those don't carry real great for him. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of interceptions. But if you look at the amount of times he actually got thrown at in college, I mean, it was less than four times a game, no matter who he was matching up with, even I mean, in Alabama. <laughs> Offenses, I mean, they literally avoided the dude. Yeah, yeah, that was well, the same thing with, with uh, was it Jalen Ramsey last year? Mm-hmm. And mean, you, don't, been- you don't have to be, a, you know, a pick six kind of guy, constant interception kind of guy. If, if you make an offense constantly avoid one person, that's good enough for the NFL. Oh, heck yeah. Heck or, yeah. I mean, yeah. Or <clears throat> same thing. I'm going to throw you on the number one receiver every time. And if they avoid him, hell, we just took out that. We took that dude out of the game. Yeah. Exactly. Or if, you know, if you're a defensive lineman and you say you played left and you're like, nah, I'm not running it to the left side of my line. All right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I just cut out half. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, I cut yeah. out half the field. Yeah. Because of one guy. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a pretty solid. Pretty solid stat line. Yeah, so from us personally, Eagles fans, you should be excited about this pick. I think it would be a great pick for you. Your defense definitely needs it. So um, this is where we were talking earlier of Penny Sewell. This was the other fell. guy. This would be another guy I would like to see Dallas, Dallas take. take. Yes. Yeah, so this is another strong left tackle. And Christian, I'm not quite sure how to say Christian Darisol. Darisol, thank yeah. you. All right. From Virginia Tech. 13th yeah. pick to the Chargers. Yeah, so 6'4 three, and three quarters, two uh, – 322. Almost the same weight, almost two inches shorter than uh, Penny, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, certainly a guy that is another great offensive line. There are some good offensive linemen in this draft that are going to fall, possibly, because of the needed quarterback, wide receiver, uh, cornerback. Like, you you know, most of the guys that we – actually, and everybody, it, look, except for the offensive linemen we've seen, shown and so far. Christian here is also another left tackle, right? Yeah, he is another yeah, left tackle. Yeah, so you also kind of see that trend, too, of left tackles going early because – Either That's that, an important part of the line yeah. for the quarterback. But well, I feel like a lot of your tackles, I mean, I understand it's not quite the same, but I think you could switch to a white well, tackle position. Some, some are a little more run blocking than they are pass blocking skills. Mm-hmm. And and they're kind of usually the run blockers are a little bit heftier, a little bit larger. And so in the NFL, a lot of times it is a very scheme based where you will have a pass blocker on the left side and a run blocker on the right side in the NFL, more than it is in college. But um the only thing that I took a lot of note out of this was, or that, that kind of sparked me was, when you think back to the Penny Sewell pick at five, a team that took a high-end quarterback last year, early early you know early pick was a quarterback, their quarterback of the future. Same team in the following years are now trying to take left tackles, and and it you know it's the kind of the right way to build your team, I think, in my opinion. But I say I guess. That yeah, that's the next most important part of your offense, I would say, is your left tackle outside of the quarterback. Right? Yeah, yeah. So. If you got a right-handed quarterback, yes. Yeah. Fourteenth yeah. uh, overall, Vikings. Um, not a lot of consistency in this. This, I mean, this guy's name popped up probably three times out of the eight. Uh, defensive end from Michigan, six two and a quarter. 
261. This would be um, the first defensive end of the this is the draft. First, yeah, yeah, first defensive first end one. of the draft. Uh, there's not a lot of great defensive ends in this draft. That's kind of what I've noticed. Uh, yeah, I've, I've noticed that it seems like the defensive end aspect is not as strong this year as it has been in the no, in the previous. There's not an elite level pass rusher. There's not a Joey yeah. Bosa or Nick Bosa. There's not a you know Jadavion Clowney or, or Miles Garrett or anything like that. So. Um, the Vikings need help on defense in general, so you just pick a defensive position and go back, and they need it. So um, this is who the Vikings are apparently interested in, and this seems to stay consistent even over the last couple hours as things have changed a little bit. But um, no idea how to say this guy's first name. Uh, I would say Quiddy. Quiddy. Quiddy Pay. Quiddy. Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay. Yeah, yeah. Quiddy Pay. So he is it's, regarded it's spelled as spelled K W I T Y for anybody that's listening and not watching. Yeah, and he is regarded as the best pass rusher of the of the of defensive end. Yeah, of okay. the defensive end. So I say I don't not, know too much not, of anything not about of him. the not of the out not of the best pass rusher in general. That's actually the kid from Tulsa Collins, but this one is regarded as the best defensive end. So uh, fifteen. If the Patriots actually stay at fifteen, I would probably say there's like a, a likely chance that they don't stay at fifteen, whether they move forward or backwards. Um, you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are not known for moving up in the draft. No, so, but they also haven't had Tom Brady for the or they've had Tom Brady for, for the last, 20, like, twenty years. years. <laughs> so, um, but Tom Brady two point coming at you right here with the fifteenth pick. You think so? Yeah. You think this is Tom Brady? I went. 2.0? I went back and watched some tape of this guy. <laughs> All right. I mean, he. Yeah. He was what twenty eight no in his senior. Granted, year, he's, he so what we're saying is what we're saying yeah. for people that are listening. Um, this Trey is Trey Lance. Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State. Almost he hell he's six foot four. Wow. Give give that boy that last eighth of an inch. Damn. <laughs> um, they put two twenty down two twenty five. Um, he's tall, not overweight at all. He's got some agility. From what I could see, this boy could drop a ball in a bucket, like from sixty yards. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's got. I think this talent. dude was throwing he, Danny Dimes right here is what I'm gonna call him. It's not. It's not gonna be Danny Dimes up in New York. It's gonna be Danny Dimes back in in Foxborough. Okay. So I okay. saw. I did. I did see a, a meme though the uh, today, and it was like Trey Lance looks like an actor that's playing Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. In a movie about Alex Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, he, yeah, he looks like the off lane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's D two football. Green, it's not called anymore, but I'm I'm old school. Um, actually, it, it's it, it, it is actually is no, it's still, FCS. So yeah, it's FCS. Yeah, so I mean, I thought they were D two for a second. But North Dakota State's put out. They've put out decent decent players. They they have shown themselves to be an actual like talent producer. I think this kid's legit. I think Trey Lance is the real deal. How do you feel about Trey Lance? Um. Or do you know enough to, to even have an opinion? I also that. think I think it's it's moving the same things where Tom Brady was not a super talented kid when he got to New England, but the situation he was thrown into and the, the environment he was thrown into is going to make evolved him, him into that. And I think they're going to do the same thing with Trey Lance. So I think so. I think he has like the same hype coming out as Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Okay, as, as I stated earlier. So I think people are excited to see this kid and see what he can do. And just solely based off his senior year of going 28, like he threw 28 touchdowns with zero interceptions last year. Yeah, it, and, well, it wasn't last year. It was the year before. Well, but yeah. His yeah. his final season. His fi- Well, he, he actually did play a game this year and didn't look real well. He threw one touchdown, two interceptions. But that was just kind of like one made-up game so that they had, you know, something on him, yeah. basically. I mean, North Dakota State literally played that game for him. In the fall, and then now they're playing in the spring with the rest of the FCS crew. But 
Um, I mean, just thinking about like the emotions going through his mind right now. You know, yeah, you went to arguably the best Division FC. two FCS school in there for like the past fifteen years, but to be talked about being drafted fifteenth overall to the Patriots. Do you know his backstory coming out of high school though? No, not his full okay. backstory. How? All right, here's what I'll do. He he. So. How many Power Five schools do you think offered this man a scholarship? Two. I'm going to say zero. One. Minnesota offered him a scholarship to play safety. And he wanted to play quarterback. He wanted to play quarterback. And he walked on at North Dakota State and won that job after Car- after Carson Wentz left. Well, that's kind of like, um, <laughs> who did that at Alabama? The kid was recruited to play something else, but he's like, "No, I want to play this position." Nick, Harris. And not, not Nick Saban was like, "I'll let you play running back." Yeah, well, yeah it's, 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 a little, it's a little different. <laughs> this kid, different, but this kid had two stars. It's obviously it. worked out for this kid, though. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's worked he, out for both. He, of them. Stuck, he, he stuck to his guns, and it worked out for him. Yeah. So, but I, I guess not. But what Najee Harris like a track star as well? Najee Harris was a middle linebacker and a running back, and he was a five star athlete. He was actually titled an athlete coming out of high school. But it, and a lot of people wanted him to play middle linebacker, including Dabo. Sweeney at Clemson and said, you know, you're going to play linebacker at the next level. You're not going to play running back. And he told Nick, he was like, I want to play running back. Nick's like, come on, baby. Yeah. Wait, so <laughs> then I think I can do that. <laughs> so, it wasn't, so it wasn't him that was the track star. It was um, the one that set the Colts. Nayo Himes. Najee, yeah, yeah, no, no, but he wouldn't insist that. I think yeah. he was the track star is yeah, who I'm thinking he was. of. You're right. You're right. But I don't, we don't, if I'm giving my personal thing, obviously our mock draft says that the Patriots are picking him at 15. I actually, I actually feel like Bill Belichick actually really kind of likes Trey Lance. I think, I think Bill Belichick is thinking, all right, I know this is Bill Belichick's Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. I think it is too. I think it is. Yeah. Because I think he knows, all right, we know who's going one, two, and we know who's going one and two. If San Fran doesn't take Trey Lance at two, I think the Patriots will move up into seven, eight, or nine, somewhere along that stretch. Should we talked about and try to secure it and try and get Trey Lance. Yeah. yeah, try to go up and steal them. Yeah, I, th- I I do. I actually. It's think also that's- we've seen this in the past few years. And we've talked about, it, and I'm just going to say it. We're going to move on because it's a whole other topic we can get into. It's also if Robert Kraft agrees with that because we've seen that there's been oh, God, big yes. arguments in that. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, we're going to move on to the 16th overall pick because that's a conversation we could have gotten into for 40 minutes. Yeah. Patriots fans will talk to us about it personally. Yes. But uh, 16 overall, the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of different names at this pick. This was this was somebody that came up three times. Um, regarded as the best interior offensive lineman in the draft at guard. Um, no idea how to say this kid's name. I'm Leo Vera Tucker. Okay. All right. Out of Southern California, the not real USC. Aaliyah or Elijah? Oh, Elijah. That's probably Elijah. I, it could be Aaliyah, though. I, I could have sworn when they were – when it was coming, like, uh, NFL Combine Day, I, that's what I thought I remember them saying. Was okay. Like, oh. I, I'm going to say Aaliyah because I think Elijah would have the H in a different spot. Okay. But anyways. All right. Uh, six four and a quarter, uh, or six four and a half. Sorry, and in three oh eight, regarded as the best interior offensive lineman. See the if way. Again, we get back to it. Young quarterback drafted just two years ago. He's already got DeAndre Hopkins. He's now got you know James Conner at running back, along with Kenyon Drake. Where you need to fix? You need to the fix offensive, offensive line, line. especially well, now with an, a, a next level talent of running back like James Conner. You just picked up. You've already had the talented QB that it's also agile as well. If you get a good offensive lineman for those two guys back there, you're opening up so many different See, avenues. The, the other, the other, when I, I guess when uh, Combine Day was coming up, they listed Slater as a 
the number one guard. Okay. Yeah. So he was, and but he literally moved from center. It was like he was like the number two center, the number one guard, and like the number two t- three tackle maybe. So yeah. I mean, they had him listed like he could literally play from center to tackle, whatever position that yeah. they really needed yeah. him at. Yeah, and I mean, if somebody has played on those lines, I mean, this guy's got a tackle body. I mean, you add a little more weight to him, six four and a half, plenty big enough to play a tackle. Yeah, but I mean, your 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 guards are usually the shorter guy because interior because the QB obviously needs to be able to try to see over him. Yeah. Um, a little bit more agile because you'll have pulling guard plays, especially with the more agile offenses you're seeing, which Arizona is most likely going to start adopting more, having a scrambling quarterback and a talent oh, like James already, Conner. Yeah, already there. They're going to adopt that a lot more. Yeah. Um. I think it's I think it's be a good pick. Yeah, he won't have to adjust to uh, uniform colors changing too much. You know what that yeah. that yeah. red and red and yellow to yellow from Southern Cal to Arizona. Yeah, not bad, not bad. So I don't um, think he really cares about that. That was just my little random. Well, I mean, I, who knows? Maybe his high school was red and gold too, and he's like, Fuck yeah, so yeah, was, maybe. <laughs> um, so James Connor did that, but he's a traitor. <laughs> he did. He stayed in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh High School, University of Pitt, and Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, but they he said, wanted nah, more I'm money, out. baby. I think Pittsburgh let him walk. They were like, no, you're I good. I think Pittsburgh did let him walk. So but anyway, uh, 17th we'll, we'll, we'll pick overall. Picks. So the Raiders uh, now in Las Vegas and uh, and sit at 17. People don't think this guy like a lot. This guy, I feel bad for him. Michael Parsons, middle linebacker, um, Penn State. Well regarded as the number one middle linebacker. Well regarded as the best linebacker in the whole class. Um, huge dude at six three and and one eight two forty six. So I was about to tell you go back to the preview. Go back to a lot Aaliyah or whatever, yeah. and then go back to this dude. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's only about sixty pounds separating between him and an offensive guard. Yes, as a linebacker. Yes, and, and at he, two six foot three two fifty as a linebacker. That's if stout. That's stout. And if, if his muscle fat, if his body fat is below 5%, that boy's built like a brick shit house. then. That is just a <laughs> ton of damn muscle. Like, my God. He is. I mean, I don't know his exact body body mass index, but, he, I mean, he is. The it, first thing that stood out to me was when you when we brought this guy up was, like, 250. Weight, like, God. It's just between. Yeah. Like well, saying. no, the fact that he's just six foot three, 250, that's, that's a smaller frame to pack 250 on. Oh yeah, but look, especially at a linebacker though. That's a good looking. He body. looks, yeah. I mean, he. I think this dude. I think this dude is thick. I think this dude just knows how to pick up heavy things and put them back down and then pick them back up again. I think that's just. <laughs> there's no fat on him. I think he's just pure muscle, man. Yeah, I mean, do so, we know what his forty time is off the top of our head? Yes, actually, uh, it's a uh, it's four six or four six five. <laughs> um, All right, so you're talking about two fifty running at you at four six speed. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's so that's going to be a little bit of a hard hitting. <laughs> So if you were to actually look at the the not the mock draft itself, but the actual like player rankings from one to whatever, Michael Parsons is actually um, in the top five of all the players. So, okay, so like at, just as, overall, as as overall best available. Yes. He's number he's number in this. He's yeah. in the top five. He's a, and he, he may he's actually sorry. He's a four three six forty. That's a, that's two fifty moving at awfully damn quick, son. Is that wait? That's is that, all, un, is that unofficial or official forty yards? That was that would be that's gotta be official time. now after pro yeah. day and all this stuff. That's his official forty time. Yeah. Official sub four four, hauling. <laughs> that is yeah. That boy is getting it up. Yeah. So scout scout. Well, that's a turbo scout, diesel right there. That's that what that boy, is. Yeah, scout grade of ninety. He's actually on ESPN Picking now. Him up and putting him down, son. On on ESPN now, he's number sixteen as the overall player. Um, but. Uh, early on, he was he was a lot higher, and I think a lot of the quarterbacks have obviously moved up a little bit. But um, but 
I don't think he falls this far. Like people have said that Denver would take him, Philadelphia would take I him. I can see Denver doing it because especially with Denver not really saying which way they're going to go. What, yeah. This could I mean, be a last minute thing like, hey, let's go get us that linebacker. Yeah, like you know? this guy is clearly the best linebacker. Obvi- I mean, arguably he's the best defensive player outside I, of Sultana I think Horn. he's going to be kind of like a um, – I would say like T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree going to like – He's technically a linebacker. He's he's not an they're, outside, they're, they're, he's but, not an outside linebacker. He's a middle linebacker. So he's actually probably more like a Ray Lewis. Honestly. Yeah, but they might start lining him up on the edge of the line though, they being been, that size. Yeah, that, That's no, what I'm been, saying. At that size, they're probably gonna start lining him up on the ends. Or well, it think, being that quick. Well, I yeah. think what they're trying to do is they already have Khalil Mack, obviously. On the outside, I think they're trying to reassure that they have oh, somebody they could be in beefing the up in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they could, they could really give you a run defense. So if you're the Raiders and this guy falls to you, do not be upset about it. No, this, this is a steal. Yeah. This is a clear steal. The draft. So I don't think he. I mean, hell, anytime you get two fifty moving that quick playing yeah. linebacker, yeah, dude's gonna have to be good. Yeah, and you don't have to have great tackling for him. You just hit him just going hit four. Him. Hit just him going hit four him. three speed at two fifty. Kid's gonna go down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> um, so I mean, Reuben Foster is obviously somebody he's been compared to. Um, there's there's a lot of different like solid middle linebackers that he's compared to. So um, this would be a, a certain steal for them. Another defensive end coming off. Miami has another pick. Miami has two first round picks. Um, outside Jacksonville has the most picks with eleven this year. Miami I think has the second most at like seven or eight, but um, or maybe even nine probably. But Damn, Jacksonville with a big lead on that. Yeah, Jacksonville's got a pretty solid lead. And, and then, again, $100 million in cap space. So, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, and they're going to get somebody else. So, uh, But Jalen Phillips, uh, the defensive end out of Miami, 6'5 and a half, 260. This guy's, uh, you know, a combination pass rusher, solid defensive end. He and his teammate, which I can't exactly say the teammate's last name. Y'all will get to see him in a second, and y'all can explain it to me. But um, both really regarded as kind of two of the top three defensive ends uh, outside of uh, uh, Pay, who we saw earlier. But uh, Miami needs it. I mean, Miami needs a lot of things. <laughs> but really, if it's if they don't feel comfortable with an offensive line, I think getting Jalen Phillips here would be kind of a steal for them to kind of beef up their defense a little bit, who, who is actually a pretty good defense. I mean, they were rated pretty well last year as far as the NFL goes. But. He's only two inches taller than that linebacker and weighs the same. <laughs> I'm, <just laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look up his 40 time for you just so we can just so we can feel what was the what's the Penn State it. linebacker's name? We just talked Micah about Parsons. Micah, Parsons. Micah Parsons. Okay. Yeah. No, you're not gonna you're not gonna forget that name. Michael Parsons is gonna be hella hella good for a long time. So it's gonna be hell on wheels if he can if he can keep it up. <laughs> Good lord! What are we looking for here, Chris? What's that we trying to pull out? I was I was trying to find the forty time on Jalen Phillips, but it, every like I said, everything's adjusted a little bit. This is a uh, it's yeah, it's just this different. Is a, this is a different one. So his was four five seven. So not not terrible actually for not for that's, not for a defensive end. Yeah, pretty quick, pretty quick. Actually, same grade rating at ninety as well. So only three and a half sacks last year at Miami. But um, on to the nineteenth pick. And the Washington Redskins, if a quarterback falls to you, I'm sure they'll take it. But I don't think a quarterback will fall to them Not, at 19. Yeah. Even, even, I mean, even if God forbid Justin Fields really does have that bad of, uh, you know, day, I don't think he falls to 19. But uh, next middle linebacker. Uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Yeah, from Notre Dame. Um, that was on the fly. Hopefully that was correct. Hey, that sounds bad. It looks I good. Sounds good. I got closer than Chris would have gotten. I can promise you that. 100% chance. 100%. So, 
Um, sitting at 6'1 and a half, 221. How about the size difference between him and Michael Parsons? Big difference. But this guy here, I feel like he's he's just a little bit more agile. He's um he got, know, he got the same legs as the quarterback he's sacking in this photo. Yeah. So all right, I guarantee you he did not want to sub four four. <laughs> I can get we'll find it. We will find it. You think Michael Parsons got those tree trunks that just move him at four, some yeah. four speed? <laughs> no, no. Once you get two fifty going, yeah, it's just hard to stop. Yeah, when he did his forty, the Penn State had to get like the strength and conditioning guys that are like to catch him as he ran past. He had lucky players at the end. <laughs> yeah, the bunch, of, bunch of rubber bands he had to run into slowed him down. The real difference between Jeremiah and and Micah really is that Jeremiah doesn't have it listed. It doesn't have it listed. Well, I guess they have never... him as an overall grade of a 91 where they had Parkins as a 90. Yeah. He, they, Parsons, my bad. Well, the, there's a little bit of flexibility in Jeremiah. He can play inside and outside. He can cover. In, I was going to say, with his space. size and stuff like that, I feel like he's definitely he's bouncing around. It just depends on the scheme and he, what's going on. He is a little bit more of an athlete, per se. So, yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of the difference between them. And I think, obviously, I mean, Washington needs all kinds of help. Not on the defensive line, basically, and not – well, actually, they need help outside of, outside of defensive line. So, if they were to get somebody like this, they also need a help. team name. Like, we need a mascot there now. Yeah, I really do. I really do kind of hate it. I mean, it's just maybe it's a personal. If they thing. keep it as the football team, that's just lazy. It really it's just is lazy. It really is. Bring back the uh, the senators, man. Bring back the senators. That's going cool, back. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't care yeah. what they are. They can be the Washington Bombers for all I care. I mean, I don't know. Okay, Chris. You uh, think you think getting rid of the Redskins to go into the Bombers is going to be be okay in today's political climate? No, probably not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I I couldn't really care less. But I mean, I, I want them to have a team name, obviously. Twentieth um, overall pick, Chicago Bears. I mean, the Bears need everything. They could use a quarterback. Maybe they move up. You know, <laughs> into nine. Um, they they really you don't need a running back. You don't really need a wide receiver with Allen Robinson. You could use tight end, and then your defense is really great. So um, what they really do need is offensive line. And uh, Tevin Jenkins has been a name that popped up on multiple ones. This guy is a absolute – like demo like he's a a bulldozer, basically. So this dude is, is this the guy that – oh. Run blocks for Chuba Hubbard? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was say, <laughs> that's Chuba in the back, and that's his guy that he's following every single play <laughs> in Oklahoma State. I mean, that's, that's a big boy, dude. He that is. is a big boy. Six, six and a half, 320. Um, I mean, this dude is everything you want in a run blocker. Chicago, obviously, Matt Nagy. He's just plowing holes in defensive lines. So yes. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And, and Matt Be a Nagy's, good pickup for, for Chicago. I mean, like you said, they definitely need help all across the board, but you can't ever go wrong with picking up a solid offensive lineman. When, when you don't have a solid offensive line. Yeah. And I mean, they feel really comfortable, you know, in their run game. Matt Nagy is a guy that likes to run the football a lot from an offensive standpoint. Um, he, Chicago fans, I'm sorry that he's taken over the play calling again. You know, I don't know why he hires an offensive coordinator if he's just going to do it all himself. So, um, but, you know, for you as a Bears fan, you probably should be excited about this. I think, I think this would be a really good pick for you guys. Um, you know, if, the, unless you move up to go get quarterback, I mean, that's what Chicago fans obviously want, but, um, you know, it, it, it is what it is for you. So, uh, 21 Colts. We ac I actually reached out to Jacob, a uh, friend of ours. Um, not, not shout out team, to you, Jacob. Yeah. Uh, uh Jacob, Jacob Hunky, Hunky, Warner. huge Colts fan. Um, you know, Caleb Kelly, a friend of ours also is, is a huge Colts fan, but, um, Gregory wow, Russo, 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 Gregory Russo. That's what yeah. we're going for. Yeah. All right. Gregory Russo, this guy 
Um, it's like Russo from uh, Daredevil. Yeah. His his arch rival. He plays in the new show that's on Netflix, Shadow and Bone, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. So uh, Sydney and I started watching it. Really good show. Uh, second Miami kid to go in the draft. Second Miami defensive end. Like we said earlier, he's, you know, him and Jalen are obviously regarded as two of the top three defensive ends. This guy coming into this year was actually regarded as a top five pick and was kind of like the next Miles Garrett, possibly. He sat out all year at Miami, so he didn't play this past football season. So it, so and you you've seen his. Is that how his draft stock is it has, saying? It has. Yeah, You've significantly. Seen him drop a little bit. Um, oh, a little, you know, I, mean, I mean, it hell, it's well, yeah. Uh, yeah. six foot six and a half, 260 uh, defensive end. That's going to, I feel like that's going to be a very agile kind of threat coming around the end at you. I mean, yeah. the other guy was what, six five and a half, 261. Yeah. He's yeah. six, six and a half, two, 260. 270, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's not as good a pass rusher as, um, the other guy was pay from Michigan, yeah, yeah. Or, or even Phillips, even from Miami. Uh, but he is certainly a a star, kind of. He's kind of yeah. got that that it about him. I mean, hell, with that height, and I know that he's got the reach. He, I mean, pass rushing, as long as he just even kind of like just get a pushes out and then just jumps up, gets a hand on it. I mean, yeah, he's gonna be able to disrupt passing lanes just alone off of that. Well, His, well, you know, even you know, on one plays, like he might not shed the block, but if you got a damn arm on the guy yeah, yeah. he's just gonna be able to reach out and grab him yeah. yeah yeah and he's actually very versatile too so for the colts uh they have typically played in a 4-3 defense um but he actually can fit into a 3-4 that body size he can play either one of the ends in a 3-4 and then in a 3-4 he would make a great you know larger scale defensive end that's probably going to be on the run side on that on that um on that left side of that defensive line so uh, I think for the Colts, I asked Jacob, and Jacob said, dude, I love it. Our, the Colts need defensive line. They've let a couple guys go this year. They've had some guys retire. They've had some age to them. So um, he felt from a, from a Colts standpoint, obviously he'd love it at 21. So uh, Titans at 22, um, Jamin Davis, this dude, you know, another middle linebacker, 6'3 and a half, 234. Uh, SEC guy that had like 120 tackles this past year in, in freaking like 11 games. So Damn. this dude is um, so he was flying out of Kentucky, man. That's, yeah, I mean this guy's averaging all over the field. Yeah, this guy's averaging 10 tackles a game. Um, he is a little bit more behind the Micah Parsons style of middle linebacker, just kind of a run stuffer leader. Big body, yeah, yeah, big body leader in the middle. Uh, Titans need it. I mean, as 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 great as the Titans are at being the best run team in the NFL, they are really terrible at blocking the run. So, uh, from a I defense, they were the worst run defense last year, were they not? That, they might have. Well, Dallas probably was, but the I Titans. Know, no, I really do believe. No, I think I, I, not saying Dallas you, wasn't. You might be right though. You might be right. I, if if <laughs> Tennessee, just because I mean, it's, it's it stands out because like I think I'm, I think you're right because I remember it staying out like. One of the best running offenses also had one of the worst run, run defenses. defenses. Yeah, like they happen to just lead the category and runs, you know, yards for and yards against. Like, like I think I I really do believe it was like last year they gave up like a hundred and eighty rush yards per game or something that, like that. That would surprise me. I think they had to play Baltimore twice. No, they only had to play Baltimore once. But but it, if if Tennessee was at thirty two, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas wasn't like thirty one, thirty or twenty nine. Yeah, know, certainly. <laughs> certainly. I mean, y'all had the literal just worst defense ever last year. But uh, for Tennessee, if you get this guy, I mean, you should feel really good about it. I mean, he's a great, uh, you know, tackling leader, vocal, you know, quarterback of your defense kind of player. Um, you know, really highly regarded coming out of Kentucky. So uh, you should feel, you know, in my opinion, you know. Really good about it. 
The Buccaneers had the best rush defense. Texans. Oh, so it was the Texans, Cowboys, Jaguars. Hell, Titans aren't even. Yeah, they're way down here. Okay. Well, man, they weren't as bad as you thought. How about yeah. That? But the Cowboys were right there, by the way. He Cowboys were second to last in the rush yards. What was that, 30? <laughs> they were at 31. Yeah, t- the uh, Titans actually had the worst, uh, you know, at 30. They were at 32. Titans what? 32? Or not, sorry, the Texans, Texans, Texans. Oh, so both um, both Texas teams were 32, 31, huh? Yeah. 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 Solid, love that. <laughs> 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 Everything's bigger in Texas, including the one horse. So, <laughs> um, well, on to twenty-three. The Jets they have a they have two first-round picks this year as well. Um, this one they got from Seattle, and uh, and I think it's because they sent one of their defensive linemen over to Seattle this past year. But uh, when I was referring to earlier, where we were at uh, nine, and you you know I couldn't find anybody that was basically sitting in the, in the Buccaneers pick yeah. or the Broncos pick, and um, you know they were kind of we were talking about how they're going to trade out. You could find consistency. This guy right here, Greg Newsom the second. Regarded as the third best corner in the draft behind J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan, and seven of the eight people said this is who the Jets are taking. So I think the Jets know exactly who they want at 23, and uh, and I think he will get to 23. I just don't see enough teams that need cornerback that bad in front of them. Um, again, that, well, that don't need it worse than another position. Yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah they've got other needs that are more important. Yeah. Six foot and three-eighths, 192 out of Northwestern. And, uh, I mean, three consistent – Six foot corners. I mean, you're starting to see a little bit more of that at, in at the college level and the NFL level, where they don't want five ten corners anymore. They want guys that are at well, least because you because you now you're getting your receiver. six foot four receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It's no longer. I mean, you you get you can have your standouts and like AB who's at the six foot mark, Devonta Smith who's at the six. But yeah, most of your six two or better is what you're looking at the receiver. I would yeah. say his average height is six two or better. Yeah. So if you don't, I mean, have, a, D, a DB can be a little bit shorter as long as he has the ability to just, he has to be right there on the receiver. But I'm saying, he, but even his at, physical presence is going to disrupt you. But at 510, like, I don't care if you have a 45 inch vertical at 510, if the 6'3 receiver yeah. has a 40 inch vertical, he, you're not going to be able to make up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Obviously. Yeah. I agree with that. I so, I mean, it, why that was always a thing, like a 5'10", 5'11", like, oh, so that's the corner we want. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, why would you not want somebody that's – he could be – At least six, fighting for him on the height. Well, yeah, like six six foot, six one, but find the guy who's 190 pounds and not 220. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, if you're the Jets fans, I mean, if you walk away with Zach Wilson and this guy, you got to feel really good. I mean, Especially you're basically – Especially out of the round. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've got your quarterback oh, yeah. in the future and a guy that can actually corner, you know, cover one-on-one wide receivers. So, uh, you ready? Yeah, you know I'm ready. You know who's at 24? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, at the 24th mm-hmm. overall pick, uh, the Steelers, um, we alluded to it a little bit earlier. Uh, they lit the running back of the future walk, James Conner. So, with this pick – Pretty much everyone said they're going running back. It was either down to Najee Harris or um, Travis Etienne. That's what I was say. Yeah, yeah. put my mind on that one. Travis Etienne. Um, if they go Najee Harris, I will probably pass out from excitement. Genuinely, <laughs> he was um, so- <laughs> did did the guy out of did the kid out of North Carolina? Both of them went. Both Williams and Carter went. I would. Granted, Etienne has done well at Clemson, but this past year alone. That Williams kid out of North Carolina surprised me a yeah, lot. But well, they they ran the ball really efficiently. But so what happened is the other day when I was making this, I I went through six of the eight said Najee Harris, the other two said Travis Etienne, 
And so I put the I put this slide together. I just sent him a quick shot, and he literally said he was like, "I will blank in my pants." <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't number two. I wasn't number two. Um, yeah, Najee Harris is um he's a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal running back. We saw it last year. He uh, hurdles six foot Nick McLeod from Notre Dame. Um, Easy. He also he down. also uh, hurdled a six foot defender the year before from he, South Carolina. From South, you know who it was, Adam? You know who it was? Was it J.C. Horn? No, it was no. R.J. Roderick. Oh, oh I, thought, yeah. I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, Najee Harris has got. I mean, at six foot two, two thirty. Um, he's got the physical appearance and just metrics to play in the NFL and last a long time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Alabama running backs of past have recently been just destro- destroying the NFL. Um, I think Najee Harris got no matter where he goes, if it's not Steelers or something, he's going to be a great, great running back. Oh yeah, addition if to the, the Steelers are able to absolutely. pick him up at twenty fourth. I think that's going to be one hell of a steal in the in the first round. Because um, I we haven't seen a running back. This will be the first one of the, this the be, draft. This if, be, if, if it follows what we predict, this will be the first running back. Um, to me, which would be insane that the first running back goes only at twenty fourth. I mean, you do do the Jets have a running back that? I would, I could see the Jets taking one of the two running backs in front of Pittsburgh here as well. So I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe Pittsburgh doesn't get Najee, maybe they get Travis Etienne. But I do think that Pittsburgh will take a running back. It will be one of those two. I mean, if you roll through all of these other teams, you can't find a team that really actually needs Neat. running back that doesn't need quarterback, right? I mean, Jacksonville needs a running back, but they're not going to take one of these guys at one. They got to yeah. take a quarterback, yeah. right? The other needs outweigh well, the, said, the running guess, back need. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Dallas has got Elliott. You got, uh, you know, even if Denver couldn't make but, up their mind at nine, they got Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. I mean, I say, well, even at even in Dallas, like uh, the two uh, um, second running back in, he's irrelevant. Uh, you can't even think of his name. But um, uh, but I mean, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has Pittsburgh has Benny Snell from Kentucky still yeah. in the second spot. But he he's just he's not breaking through. He's a great complimentary running back. He's one of those guys he can go out there for a couple downs to give. The B- RB one a break yeah. stuff like that. Um, Tony Pollard is his name, by the way. If if Pittsburgh gets Najee Harris, that's going to be step back, boy. That's going to be a steal, and I'll probably going out and buying a Harris jersey almost immediately. ADHK, um, you gonna get you one? You should, yeah, okay, I'll DHK it with you, baby. We'll just put a word yeah. together. So to be able to lock that bad boy down for four or five years would just be wild. The, the just thing about Najee, it'd be Harris, insane, Steelers fan. It'd just be wild. The thing about Najee Harris. I want to go on record saying this guy will be the next Derrick Henry. I mean, that's kind of what Nick Saban wanted when – because Derrick Henry was leaving the same year that this guy came in. And he was like, all right, well, shit, just throw this other – That's a wheelow. That's just a wheelow. Yeah, I'll just throw this other 230-pound running back into my set. And, and I mean, this guy has more versatility, can catch the ball at the backfield better than Derrick Henry can. And Pittsburgh loves utilizing that. We saw that when we had Le'Veon Bell and everybody – We. We love dumping out to a running back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, out to and the I, I'll say and this: make plays. if if you want that running back, it needs to be Travis Etienne. But I think that Najee Harris will be a better running back, can stay healthier, has that bigger body, has that bigger yes. build. You know, looks like a, a, another version of Derrick Henry. So, and, and Alabama running backs have been hit or miss. Eddie Lacy was terrible. Trent Richardson was terrible. But you got Derrick Henry. Well, I would say Eddie, La- Eddie Lacy started out all right. Trent yeah. Richardson started out all right. No, Trent was bad from the go. But then either way, all right. I'm not saying great. No, not he, saying he was good. bad. He was bad. I mean, he <laughs> I actually, wouldn't say he was bad. I'm with Adam on this one. I think right. he was all right. He's got a career average of under three yards of carry. He was bad. He was Ray Rice. I mean, I, I think he was. Women. Yeah. I, so, but, but anyways. Either, but anyway, um, 
He did go to Ed, Cleveland, so I don't blame him for that. But, but yeah, Eddie Lacy had a good couple years and then just said, you know what? I'm not worried about my health anymore. I'm just yeah. going to gain all this yeah. weight. Yeah. Yeah. The Eddie fact- Lacy, if you're watching this, we'd love to have you on the show. You'd fit in with the Beer Bacon Bros. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But um, Najee Harris would be absolutely ecstatic if this happened. Pittsburgh needs to make this happen. If someone wants to try to trade out earlier, we should jump up and get it. Like, you know, I don't think you need to. I mean, that's it. it I agree with you 100%. And I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. Just want to be clear about that. Uh, this would be an absolute steal for the Steelers, having literally just let James Conner walk away. Yeah. If you got one of those two guys at 24, holy crap. I mean, that's a steal. But there's just nobody in front of you that needs running back. And that's more than another position. Yeah. yeah. They're not, not di- they're not just, they they're just not even, yeah, they're not I mean, dying for running back like we really are, you, you know, know? The, the Jets could take it. The Titans have Derrick Henry. The Colts have three freaking running backs. The Bears, I mean, they got Perry. What's his name? Um, he came from San Diego State a couple years ago. I mean, Washington could probably take a running back, but they're probably not going to. They need a lot of other things. Miami could take a running back, but probably not going to. I mean, they need a lot of other things. So it just doesn't – I mean – It doesn't fit for another team. It doesn't team really team. fit for another team. It, it would be it would be a surprise if somebody took running back before Pittsburgh did at 24. And and there's two really, really good running backs that are first running – first caliber and, I mean, Pittsburgh backs. has needs. Um, the offensive line is getting a little bit older. Yeah. Um, quarterback of the future. Quarterback. We're, they're, I think they're banking on the quarterbacks we've already got, which uh, it's okay. Give those guys another year. Um, receiver, not- receiving core is not really that hurting. I mean, maybe a few spots here on defense, but I mean, honestly, if you answer the running back question immediately in the first round, you can Huge. fill all those other holes with the second, third, fourth, and fifth. It makes you, if you get Najee Harris at 24, it makes you a team that really has a chance for a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, just, just to be completely I'll have honest. to take Devin up on his bets about how Cleveland's going to sweep the Steelers okay. this year. If if you get Najee Harris, 100%. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so on to 25, so we can move a little little bit farther on. Um, Jacksonville sitting at 25, another team that we talked about has uh, you know two first-round draft picks, uh, three of those so far as, as far as I can remember. you got the Jets, the Jaguars, and uh, the Dolphins. But uh, Caleb Farley, a lot of people – End of the college football season said that Caleb Farley was the number two corner behind Patrick Sertan. People got to see J.C. Horn a little bit more. Uh, they got to see Greg Newsom a little bit more. Caleb Farley is not – he's got a big body at 6'1 and 7'8", and basically 6'2". 6'2". Call him 6'2". Yeah, basically 6'2". But he isn't very physical. Like he could – if he puts on a little bit more weight when he gets in the NFL and they work with him a lot in the gym and they get him on the I practice mean, field just I mean, being a little more physical. get him up to 210. You can. It, it just is. I think some sometimes a little bit of football is is a mentality standpoint. Like yeah, he I say, want but you have to mentally make him become more aggressive. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. At the, but at the same like you, if you don't have to be hands on at the line, but can still lock a player down, like it can work for you. Yeah, like if I don't have to jam you at the line and I can take my step or two back and kind of then either work in, or or I'm not going to let you beat me deep. But if yeah. I can if I can work in back, I'm a lot better running in than I am running trying back. to chase, you know, yeah. either backpedal or try to chase somebody down. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this guy actually is on the same level as JC Horn. Personally, like if I like watch his tape and see his skill set, I think this guy is a great one-on-one corner for Jacksonville. They need this pretty bad. I mean, they need to replace Jalen Ramsey. They have been trying to find somebody that can do that since they let him go. 
And uh, and if they if Caleb falls to him at twenty five, if you're a Jaguars fan, you got to feel good about that. You get Trevor Lawrence, and then you get a number one corner. Your team starts to to shape up a little bit. Um, of course, I reached out to our relative Cleveland Browns fan here at 26 and said, you know, hey, Christian Barmore is the guy that, that we're seeing. Four of the eight have said that, you know, he's going to be the guy that Cleveland drafts at 26. Uh, you know, how do you feel about it? Instantly, it's not who, you know, Devin Collins wants because Devin Collins is a general manager um, of a, you know, NFL team, and, and there's just no way that it'll happen. I really hope Cleveland – just personal spite, I really hope Cleveland takes this guy. Like, <laughs> as much crap as Devin's given me, I really, really hope Cleveland takes this guy. If Cleveland does take this guy and they he lines up in the middle of I mean, Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett, they might have the best defensive line in the NFL. I mean, holy crap, Christian Barmore – Extremely athletic, six foot four, one eight, three hundred and ten pounds. This dude is extremely athletic at that size too. Oh yeah, he's very versatile inside. He can slide from a zero to a one to a three very easily in your defense. I mean, this guy is a pass rusher. He's a run stopper. He's got a huge body. He's actually only twenty years old. I mean, he's pretty young. Oh, he's a young buck. Man. Um, you know, he came out of high school under eighteen. So this dude, I mean. Cle- the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Cleveland should be happy with this pick. Cleveland should be very happy with this pick. I do agree with what Mr. Collins was saying and, and saying that he'd rather see them uh, fill at safety. Obviously, he hates Sendejo. I mean, he's really, really hates Sendejo. Um, they could fill it at safety. They could get them another corner. They could improve their offense. Their offensive line was really great. They could improve it at the center position. Um, I say because speaking of that, the – or either um, is it Leatherwood? The other Alex Leatherwood is the offensive tackle from Alabama, but you're thinking of Dickerson, the center. Yeah, no, no Leatherwood was who I was also thinking of. Who he played guard? He I played think. guard early on, but he yeah. slid to left tackle. This, but yes, Dickerson is the center. But Leatherwood was just a guy I remember seeing on like watching games. Sixty five, I think it was his number. He was just like the biggest body that I saw always <laughs> out there on that right side of the. Alabama line. Alex like, Leatherwood is really talented. Dickerson is actually who they're projecting Pittsburgh to take in the second round, which would replace Marcus Pouncey as, as and would be a great pick for them. But, um, but yeah, Alex Leatherwood is another offensive tackle that will probably either go late in the first round or early in the second round. So, um, can you imagine? Like five years ago, we just said that Cleveland Browns might have the best defensive line in the NFL. Everybody would have laughed at you. Everybody would. Have yeah, they've really Everybody. turned it around the past five years. Every literally every like I'm kind of okay with like Devin talking crap about them beating the Steelers and stuff because it's like because they I can just respond back with just like you know it it took them long enough I'm about to say yeah you know they have finally it was bound to eventually happen after what having 15 years of the first first or second pick (laughs) yeah (laughs) you should be able to put a team together yeah Uh, but 27 overall another rival of the Pittsburgh Steelers the Baltimore Ravens uh, obviously an extremely talented team got a great defense great offensive line. Um, they did just actually trade. Um, was it for this pick? No, it's not for this pick. Sorry. Um, they did actually just trade Kansas City for their uh, right tackle in Orlando Brown. So Kansas City has a new right tackle that is six foot eight and like two hundred fifty five pounds or three hundred fifty five pounds, and regarded as one of the best run blockers in the in the NFL. But um, Baltimore needs wide receiver, and everybody has shown a couple of different wide receivers. Kadarius Tony, it was uh, – oh, God, his name escaped me from Minnesota for a second there. But 
um, Rashad Bateman uh, from Minnesota. So you have a couple of wide receivers. Obviously, we saw a bunch of them go early, and this is kind of like the second wave of the guys coming through. Uh, but Kadarius Tony is is a guy that they think, or at least most of them thought that Baltimore would take really kind of an inside slot receiver. He's not an X or a Y. I mean, he's not somebody that can step outside and play on the bigger corners. Um, but yeah, Lamar Jackson is not somebody that really throws to those receivers anyways. I would say because so. uh, he's just as tall. I mean, hell, Patrick Sertan was two inches taller than this guy. Yeah, Pat, I mean, Patrick Sertan was – and Patrick Sertan, you know, had to play on uh, when they played. Patrick it's gonna be, I think it's going to be rough for this guy to have a career. Um, he'll probably bounce from team to team just being a slot guy. Um I mean, yeah, he's it's it's, it's I mean, he's going to be like that. He's going to have to be like the next Julian Edelman or something. He kind of like is. I mean, he actually going to have to follow Edelman's work ethic and play type and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he is really essentially the Danny Amendola, the Julian Edelman, the um, you know, you name it, Chris Logan, like what? I mean, anybody that you can think of that's kind of that inside slot receiver, third down kind of get open guy. Cole I mean, easily. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Cole Beasley, actually. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. That's really a fair assessment. I mean, that's kind of when you watch his tape, that's kind of who he is. So, um, New Orleans Saints picking 28th. Uh, people think that they'll go corner if a Farley or a Greg Newsom actually falls to them, but I don't think it will um, just from looking at all the draft picks. So, um, this was another thing where, I mean, if, a, you know, the New Orleans, if they really don't believe that Jameis Winston or, um, Taysom Hill can be the quarterback when maybe move up and get somebody that they feel good about. But uh, right now, a lot of them showed Terrence Marshall Jr., who is the other wide receiver from LSU. Marshall actually sat out uh, this year at LSU. It was just Jamar Chase. And uh, and actually, sorry, I need to flip that. It was Jamar Chase, not Terrence Marshall that sat out. Terrence Marshall did play this whole year. And uh, at 6'2 and a half, 205, I mean, he's the biggest body receiver that is of that higher caliber so um and for new orleans i mean you kind of need it i mean you really you have michael thomas and you I don't see. have really about anybody else saying Al, him and alvin kamal can only do so much yeah <laughs> as far I as mean, in the in the receiving game so would what you know this guy could easily go to baltimore as well if, if they wanted kind of more of an x receiver so uh, Zayvon Collins is actually the person that Miss, Mr. Devin Collins wanted Cleveland to take. I don't see it. It doesn't fit their scheme. This guy is that that rush outside linebacker in a 3-4 set, 6-4 and 3-quarter, 266. Um, you know, you talked about a little bit earlier with Micah Parsons. This is the guy that, that, that kind of fits that scheme that you're talking about. Um, there's a little bit of, of issues with players like this where it, it kind of has to be the right like scheme, scheme, yeah, you know, for an NFL team. The Packers have that 3-4 scheme. They need a pass rusher. God forbid they need Terrence Marshall. I mean, they need they need Kendarius Tony. They need a wide receiver more than any freaking thing. But um, this is who people got saying. I mean, this is somebody that the Packers really, really like. And this I dude – But are, are they going to turn around in, in five picks, pick again in the second round? With Green Bay? Yeah. Like, do we know where they pick in the second round? I would imagine they probably pick 29th in the second round as well, okay. or 28th in the second round as well. So, um, I'm about to say, because I mean, unless that's what I say, unless they made some kind of trade deal and they got an early second round pick to where they can go and get this rush outside linebacker and then almost immediately turn around and running, take a wide receiver. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's what I, say, I wasn't sure what, what their second possibly second round pick was looking at. I could look it up for a second, but Xavier Collins is 
well, well regarded as the guy that is the, the literal best pass rusher in this class. I mean, it, it obviously has to fit a scheme for you, but I mean, he is very, very well regarded as the best pass rusher by all means. So if you fit that three, four scheme, if your team fits that three, four scheme, be praying that you get Zayman Collins. Cause this dude is, is really, really good. Oh, so, yeah, so green Bay ain't even in the damn. Yeah. Green Bay's 60. at 62, which they have, you know, Taven Wallace picking from, from Oklahoma state. So they do have a wide receiver for you. But um, like I said, Pittsburgh, they showed Land, Yeah. Landon Dickerson center from Alabama. I wonder who Dallas has. Dallas D tackle. Oh, they talked about Christian Barmore actually. So I wouldn't mind that. Um, he's not. He's not going to make it to you. I, tell I, you that. I, I agree with that. The number one defensive tackle in the entire <laughs> NFL draft is not <laughs> making it to the second round. So, um, on to thirty as we uh, wrap up these last couple picks. So I know. I know we're going a little long on the video, but um, how do you say this kid's name? Trayvon Morg. Yeah, Trayvon Morg. Morg. Okay. Uh, regarded as the best safety in the class. Obviously, we've we've talked a little bit about safety earlier on. This is the kid I was first, referring to. First safety, I think. First, first safety, first safety yeah. yeah. First yeah, safety. Get, yeah, so first true safety. It's uh, yeah. it's a little bit weaker. This class is at safety, so you're probably not going to see somebody slide in. Um, Ahead this, of him. This guy may not even go in the first round from from some of the stuff that I saw. But six foot and five eights, two hundred two. Uh, first safety. I mean, the Bills need it. The Bills need a lot of defense. Um, they could really use a pass rusher if if Collins even fell. I don't think they run a three four, but. Who knows? Figure it out. Take the best player you can. And uh, and so this is kind of who we have projected for the Buffalo Bills. And then over at 31, I just talked about it a second ago, or maybe not even referenced it. I can't remember. But uh, Kansas City made that trade with Yeah, because they got Baltimore. rid of Orlando Brown, you were yep. saying. Yeah. Yep. So this is the pick that um, Buff, uh, Baltimore got back. They got multiple picks back, but this is the pick that they got back. They got Kansas so, City's so number they 31. Have two first-rounders. They do have two first-rounders, um, both very late. But this is but still uh, to say you got. I mean, to, to say you got two first round talent according to your team, you got you got two first round guys is is solid. Then. Yeah, especially when you're competing. A for your division the last two years and B for a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and so for Baltimore, I mean, Jalen Mayfield makes sense. You just traded away your right tackle. Why would you not go get another right tackle? So. Um, this guy, six, five and a quarter, three twenty six, uh, regarded pretty well. I mean, obviously in the photo, you see him blocking chase young who Washington just drafted as a number, you know, two or whatever all pick last year. Yep. So, um, it makes a little bit sense. Um, and, and this was, you know, what kind of people were saying after that trade is, Hey, the, you know, this is who Baltimore would be interested in taking. So, so is he, I guess the next white tackle, like the next yeah. best white tackle available. Yeah. He, he was if all the tackles that we currently have said are gone, we're going. Yeah. So, uh, and then when you get into the later parts of the of the draft, there's not a lot of consistency in who people are saying taking. But um, for Tampa Bay at 32, uh, we, we've seen offensive line. They could really use the improvement there. We've seen secondary at safety. So if the guy from TCU falls, maybe this is where they take him. Uh, and then Carlo Basement Jr., who is basically – uh, just a run stopper on the defensive end. Say the spot. third best. Yeah. DN. Yeah. So it's it's six three and, and well, a quarter. Because you had both guys from Miami. Both guys Ed. from Miami. The kid from Michigan. Um. I think that was it. Though. That was the only three. Yeah. DNs I think that was it. So I guess true DNs. I guess. Yeah. 
And uh, and so this may this makes a little bit of sense for them. They weren't very good against the run earlier. We saw their name up up in the top. So uh, or sorry, they were really good against the run earlier. We saw the name of the top. So just kind of refreshes you, get you another body on the defensive line. I mean, if they like one of the other quarterbacks, like maybe a Kyle Trask or the kid from Stanford, um, you know, they could probably take a quarterback here that kind of feel behind Tom Brady, you know, quarterback of the future here at 32. But um, they got a lot of talent. They don't really need a whole lot of things besides offensive or defensive line. So, so that's what you focus on here. So, yeah. Well, that, um, that is the beer, bacon, and blows mock, mock draft. Mock, mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The mock, mock draft. Um, so I'll uh, be interested in to see like how many of these we actually do get right. I would be running. I've got, I've got an idea of how, like, building like a, something up. I know. I got a little idea of what we're going to okay. do. O- yeah. Over under 14 and a half. Correct. Yeah. Under, Ooh. under 14 and a half are correct. Yeah. I'm gonna get cocky. I'm gonna go over. I think it's gonna be over. Okay. I, I think we get a lot. We need to bring we... back the wheel of punishment for stuff like this. Now, now we got video. <laughs> yeah. Now that we got video. <laughs> I think. I think. I mean, you know, you could pretty much put in the bank the first five. five. Yeah. You know. And then outside of that, I'm saying we. And you're saying ten more after that. Yeah. I mean, I think the Greg Newsom pick is pretty clear. I mean, the Jets obviously want him at 23. I think Pittsburgh will take Najee Harris at 24. Um, I think you know we're probably going to be right about Patrick Sertan at 10. But I guess uh, I guess what what's gonna kill us though is if there is some like trades, la- yeah, some yeah, last minute some trades, tra- um, draft day trades, and yeah. people moving up. Yeah, so. and I mean it could happen. It could happen. So, well, I'll, he and I will take the over fourteen and a half. You'll take the under. How about that? Uh, so. That's my plan. I'm taking All the right. under. All right. So, any more things for the draft? You feel good about it? I feel good about the draft picks. Yeah, right, I think I think we've got to knock a, a, a good mock up there. Yeah, I think we're good. Right, yeah, that is the beer, bacon, and boys big board. If you'd like to. See it on yeah. YouTube later. Yeah. The triple B. And if you have actually com- be the uh the quintuplet yeah. B. Yeah. Yeah. Five B's. Beer, bacon, bros, big board. Big board. Okay. Yeah. I like it. And uh and if you want to, please comment on this video. Let us know whether you uh agree you know or disagree. Agree or disagree. If you're a fan of yeah. a specific team and, and you feel like you really liked our pick or you know, you'd like to hire us as your GM, just let us know. I'm happy to do <laughs> yeah. that as well. So um, but yeah, yeah, you know, definitely engage with us. Let us know what you guys are thinking on that. Make sure to you know like this video, comment on it if you got something to say, and uh, and subscribe as always. So share it, send it to people too, um, please. All right, so that's enough for the draft. Oh, you're gonna have to go tap it. We're having camera difficulties. Is. All right, sweet, he got it done. So yeah, uh, let me grab the beer real quick. Yeah, but, we're gonna move on to our uh, second beer here for you audio listeners. For those listening and figure out what's going on, we're breaking up the videos, but constantly keeping this, the recording the, the live going, the live going. recording going. So, got another, got another tall boy. Hold on, don't don't crack it just yet. You want to turn the video on, man? Get that video All going. Right. Yeah. So we're uh we're here beer at the second two. Yeah, second beer of the night. Yeah, that's splatter it all over the mic. Yeah, that was that's a good crack, though. It was a good, good sound. Lord, my goodness. That was a little uh, aggressive we, ones. I could hear about like your thumb drove through it. I could hear <laughs> it. I could hear it was aggressive. We are professionals, I promise. We are professionals. So um we've well, opened quite a few beer cans in our day. The, the barrier, barrier Brewing Company. We've done another one of theirs here recently, too. We have did we try a barrier or did we actually like review, we review a barrier? I think we reviewed a barrier within the last three episodes. Okay. I'll look it back in just a second. 
But this one is soon as the I get the beer off kick, my laptop. Kicking knowledge milkshake, Indian pale ale brewed with vanilla, coconut, lactose, strawberry puree, and dry hop with motaika mosaic and citra. Was that English? Yeah, it's just <laughs> all the, the hops. That's all the different types of hops. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know English. Is your, your, your forte there, Chris, but yeah, it was English. Um. Well. As soon as the foam calms down back into this into this beer, we'll uh we'll actually you know I'll just let Adam take the first take on it anyway. So never yeah, turning up over there. Never afraid of the foam, baby. Not an IPA guy either, so this could be that, interesting on this review. This it's actually really good. Is it? It is. The this strawberry vanilla puree takes that little hoppy kick out of the IPA that you would typically see. Okay, I, I'm looking back and I'm not seeing. We've recently done a. I feel like we did a barrier. I think we've tried a barrier. Like did we maybe have it at Wico. Maybe yeah. I think we've had a it's one at Wico where we've tried it, but we have not actually reviewed a barrier brewing company one. So, um, or either did you not write down the brewing company? You just write down wrote down the beer. No, I typically write down the the uh, brewing company and then the name of the beer. So. Uh, but I'll take another look at it in just a second, just to verify. But, but yeah, get get you um get you a sip of that and tell me what you think. So this is strawberry. Yeah, it's okay. a vanilla coconut lactose strawberry puree milkshake IPA though. Yeah. God, I'm not a big fan of milkshake beers because the lactose they put in it to give that milk texture. But this is this is I just the, I don't I never so I know it's never really done, sat well with me. I know we have done. Bro, I'm with you. I'm liking, I'm liking that. I am liking that. I know my we've guy. done like what at least one or two milkshake IPAs. Beers. Yeah, and they typically fall under an IPA. We've had a milkshake stout before as well, too. But, but yeah, I agree. Oh, it was originally brewed for their friends at Burgology. And where? Burgology. I don't know. It's probably like a restaurant or something like that. But I agree with you. Like the milkshake stout. The lactose milkshake. stuff that they usually put in doesn't really sit well or it gives it a weird texture. Yeah. But this is actually really good. They did a really good job with this. Yeah, I'm looking back through everything. Yeah, this one is good. It's a good strawberry milkshake. Yeah, like that is that is a solid like it cuts it cuts the hoppiness, it cuts the bitter of the IPA. It look you, the IPA is still there, but that milkshake comes in and calms it down for you. Absolutely. Do the, does it bring on the still to the seven percent? Um, it, yeah. <laughs> bring 7% this boy to the alcohol by volume. Bring, that boy to the yard. bring this boy to the yard. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go 7-3 on mine. 7-3? Okay. Yeah. Okay. There was a very high, highly classified uh, scientific method for coming up with that score. Was it the alcohol percent on the can? Yes, combined with the different hops. So it was three different hops and... Seven, seven, so I just foot. combined it to seven point so okay, seven. Okay, all right, all right. I, you, I feel that it, I have to kill seven. everybody that listens to that now, though. Huh? <laughs> I have to kill everybody that listens to this now because it was classified. All right, so barrier, yeah, he used the uh Pythagorean theorem to figure out. <laughs> um, I think the Pythagorean theorem is on the chalkboard that's on that can. It is. I hope that I hope that we can find a good photo for um, Stash to have for the can on on the video. But I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty in depth can. It's a wild there. can. There's a lot going on on it. 
right. Um, so Alex. Seven three. I'm going seven two. Like I think that's seven threes right there. Yeah. I mean seven two though is what I'm going with. It's right there at that low seven mark. Yeah. Like this is something I would drink again though. Like if I was either at the brewery or if somebody if it was around, I'd probably drink this again. This was surprisingly good. Yeah. I'm gonna take one more take. I didn't even get my, my last Well, you done gave in. a score. Let me get <laughs> Yeah, but I still want my last, my second swig in before you take oh, it. Oh, goodness gracious. So, and uh, and if you're watching, guys, make sure you're subscribing to the channel. We have our own koozies. We have our own stickers. We will uh, we will mail out to you. So, uh, we're doing the koozies and stickers uh, for the first 50 subscribers to our new YouTube channel. So, uh, if you are uh, if you're watching, go ahead and click that little subscribe button and find us on social media. We got Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff up. No. Yeah, and you'll see, uh, you know, you'll see some hot uh, some takes on our Instagram as well as we travel and like to post to our story as we're as we're drinking beers from different locations. Like as I let it sit, like I feel like I'm getting a, the strawberries what's lingering as I let that sit. I am too. Like when I when I took the first take and then kind of handed it back off to him, I really feel that strawberry puree. It's not really a milkshake style flavor. Like I I love strawberry milkshakes. Grew up on them. Really, obviously, you know, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm not I'm not a chocolate guy, so I've always been kind of a strawberry ice cream or strawberry milkshake guy, or um, you know, caramel as well. But uh, so it really isn't more of a milkshake taste. It's really just kind of like a strawberry syrup, kind of a you know sugary puree um, that you got going. What I what I love about this to go a little more in depth with it. When you see IPA, sometimes you just fear the amount of hops that are in here. Yeah. And uh, did we see the IBUs on the can? I did not see IBU okay, unless it's check in, for it, but there's not an overpowering sense of hops. But even even, even if there was, I felt like that puree vanilla kind of cut all of that. Like yeah. you can get the hint that it's there, but that tail end of the strawberry is what helps cut it and help. Like I, I just burped and I felt uh, like the air go up my nostrils. That was IPA. Like that's what just happened to me. Uh, you know, hops. By what I mean by that, not IPA, but hops. Um and did you find the IBUs on this? I'm googling it. Okay, um, because I'd be kind of curious if this is even over like forty. To be honest with you, oh, they really don't have it on the can. No. Wow. Put it on the can, by the way. Barrier. Um, where's the barrier located out of? Did we find that either? It's on the can. I was just looking okay. at it. Oh, uh, it's probably in North Carolina. Actually, I think. Am I right? Come on, now. Yeah. Oceanside, New York. Okay, wow, I was way off. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, New York. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just really got like not a not an overpowering sense of hop because if if you're like me and you're not a huge IPA guy, like obviously I have to drink it for the podcast, but um, you know, I I'm I don't want to be overpowered by hops, especially if you're gonna bring something like a milkshake fruit style to it. Yeah. Yeah. So and it and it does a great job of that. Does a great job of that. So anyway. uh I, I don't even know if they've got IBUs listed for it. I can't find it anywhere. Okay. I don't know if it's even common knowledge. All right. Well um actually hold on, hold on. The secret sauce over here. What's um what's the one website? Is it sit so I'm actually on Barrier Brewing Company. Oh, he's gonna be able to find it here. Are you 21? Yes, I am. I, but yeah, I don't know. But the you yes or no tell. was cut off, and I couldn't tell which one I was clicking. <laughs> um, yeah, barrier. By the way, on laptops, we can't really 
see whether it says yes or no at the bottom. So we just kind of went with one and, and hope for the best. So a lot of awesome designs on yeah, the website. Yeah, these can, can designs. They get are. wild. So does this have like a name of an artist on it or anything? Not that I saw. I didn't see anything on it. Oh. I thought they would, you know, probably have it with their artists a little bit. But, yeah, dry hopped with, you know, three different types of hops. So, it's, I mean, it's got to have hops in it, and we just don't know the IBU of it. But, dude, they've yeah. got so many beers. Okay, I had to have passed it. Yeah. You're looking for. Did you, I mean, can you search kicking knowledge? It's kind of, yeah, I mean, you probably could. Okay. Yeah, kicking OG. Nothing found. Sweet. All right. So I wonder well, if this was like a, a limited series or like a spe- since you did say it was for our friends at where? Um, did you see that, Alex? On the side towards the Surgeon this was General. Originally brewed for, yeah, for our friends at yeah. Bugology. Bureology. With a little brain logo. No, Looks like a Burgology. Burgology. Uh, yeah. It's a bugger joint. Oh, okay. I, Looks like the big brain theory, a little Jimmy Neutron blast. So I wonder if this was like a one-time blue that like they made for maybe this is like a an old school style like Burger Shack, but they serve beer. Yeah. Like an old diner style, like strawberry shake kind of I would beer. I would love to do that one day. Like if I hit the lottery, that's probably what I would do. Open like an old school diner. Open open a burger place that serves like craft beer. Like no no domestics, no Bud Light, no Metal Light, none of that. Just Crap beer, like that would be an ultimate dream for me. So, right. uh, anything more you want to add to the kicking before we go? No, right. I'm good with that one. Right. I like it. All right. Well, obviously, awesome. You know, appreciate you guys watching, and uh, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. Right, we'll see you next time. One. So, all right. Well, do you start another? No, it's stop. Okay. Do y'all want to talk UFC? Or you want to call it? Uh, I think. We're good. Yeah, I think we're good on this okay. topic. Yeah. Cool with me. I mean, we. Should- all right, so UFC I, fight night was wild. That's it. In his right. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> like we spent easily.